right, everybody, welcome. We're going to dive in right back in. This is, this is the coup de grace. This is why you're here. All of that, yesterday's podcast doesn't even fucking matter anymore. Don't even worry about it. Don't even listen to it now if you're a day late. It doesn't matter. It's old news. It's all the trash. You don't want to hear about trash. You want to hear <laughs> about the games that you should be playing next year. That way they'll be on your list next year. That'd be, yeah, I, I, that's happened before, I think. Oh, yeah. Where somebody, Especially just between us. Yeah, where somebody would be like, that was on a game of the year last year, and now it's mm. going to be on their list this year. That might actually be something mm. that happens. <laughs> This year, hmm, makes you think to get right back into things. To my immediate <laughs> virtual right, he is the original hot coffee controversy. <laughs> it's Rhett. Where do you pull those from? Off the top of my head. That's amazing. That's really good. I don't. That's a really, really good one. I don't really think about these things too much because there's been a few times where I've not been able to think of something and I'm just like, fuck <laughs> it, I'm not doing one. <laughs> so yeah, I just come with these off the top of my head. Rhett, cool. are you ready for the top five? Yeah, you know, I was just looking at my list and I'm like, yeah, fuck those bottom five. Top five is all that matters. Just get them out of here. Yeah, this is, where the, here. Th- this is where the ordering actually matters. Yeah, this is the ones you agonize <laughs> over a bit. A bit. I, mi- I might have had something slipped into six and then oh. go to five. I might have had that happen. <laughs> Interesting. So that might have happened. To my immediate virtual left, contrary to popular belief, he is not part machine. It is John Thayer. Hi. Hey, you're not a uh, part machine. It turns out that's a good. That was a good intro. Yeah. yeah. You're uh, you're you're ready to throw a, a, a top five as well. I'm sure. It's gonna be a very good. A very good. I can assure y'all. A very. Fred said like, oh, I can't wait to. I cannot wait to show everyone how great taste is. Taste oh, mine Trust as me. well. Oh. Oh. That's, okay. That's right. Yeah. I, so it looks like we're gonna have a good old fashioned taste off. Throw down. It's gonna be. Holly's gonna jump over this table. I will probably. Uh, by the end of this episode, I will have broken somebody's neck. Probably <laughs> right. Is that is that what we're going after? Is that what is that is that the bet we're we're putting down this year? That's really that's really the whole thing. Is I like, did John pick a fuck you number one again? Like I swear to God, did, like, did, did John pick a, a game? For yeah, a did John one? actually <laughs> pick a fucking game this time? You see, I was thinking the other day, like, there was a threshold where I, where one of us could make a pick and the others would get actually mad because it was indicating <laughs> that we clearly weren't taking this seriously. That happened and to me, once! And, and to me, picking Homestuck was not past that threshold. And I, I realized beg to that might have been differ. past the, their threshold. <laughs> I beg to fucking differ. Yeah. Anyway. I didn't, I didn't anyway. really think about that until just then. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, did somebody already fuck up? Oh, it was me, the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Happy holidays, everyone. It's the season. (laughs) Be nice to your friends. Just like, follow my example. I started laughing while eating a grape. Don't choke, you prick. You'll actually kill me that way. (laughs) So, while John recomposes himself, I have an idea. Why don't I get us started off with a a, a listener-contributed list? Okay. How about I do that? It's from our good friend, uh, Chelsea. Uh... You know her, oh, right? You know, she's a she's a Your smart wife. she's a smart cookie. She is my wife. 
She is amazing. <laughs> I could do, I could do this entire podcast about how amazing she is, and that would be appropriate game of the year material. I think. Top ten Chelsea. Your game of the, of the year. year is Chelsea. My game of the year is Chelsea. Fuck you. I win. That'd be probably a better pick than Homestuck. <laughs> it would be. It would be a better pick than Homestuck. John Thayer. That would instigate less anger. <laughs> oh, I'd be like, yeah, can't argue. Can't argue at all. <laughs> All right, so she starts her list with a few honorable mentions. We've got Gravity Rush Remastered, Cyber Dimension Neptunia 4 Goddesses Online, and Soul Calibur 6 take the honorable mentions award. So her number three surprises me because this is not where I expected this to land. Uh, due to the amount of time she spends playing this video game, it's Final Fantasy XIV for the PC. It says, after resisting the urge for years, I finally gave in and tried out this MMORPG, and it has exceeded the well-deserved hype. I like how it's story-focused and has a plot and characters I surprisingly really enjoy. The game's features and handling of party content are brilliant, and for once, I'm not bored with the end game of an MMO. I've always wanted an online game where I can sink an hour or so into it each day and make significant progress, and I think I've finally found it. Yeah, she's I like, on that game all the time. I think the implication that she only plays an hour a day is hilarious. It is hilarious! <laughs> yeah, she's up at like... We, we know she's up at like 2 in the morning playing that shit. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't sleep well last night. Allergies. Bullshit! <laughs> let me check your... Let me have a look at your play online played hours, Missy. Is that still a thing? I don't know. I think it still uses play <laughs> online, doesn't it? I I know that I play I, I played I played that game for four hours and I bounced off of it. Yeah. So her number two is Tokyo Xanadu X. This is a Falcom joint. Um, this one gets a lot of criticism, but for a game largely created by Falcom's B team, I still find it to be a very enjoying exper enjoyable experience. It uses a lot of my favorite elements of the Cold Steel games and combines with fun gameplay, challenging bosses, <clears throat> and shallow but enjoyable characters in a modern setting. With some refinement, I think this could be made into a successful series. Yeah, this, this game's trying to ape uh, Persona a lot, uh, just with mm. its school setting and things like that. But it's also very derivative of like the Trails of Cold Steel games as well, and some kind of like real-time combat. Bosses are good, though, man. The bosses in that game are real good. Um, <clears throat> Is that different from to regular Tokyo Xanadu, or you said Tokyo Xanadu X? Uh, Tokyo Xanadu is the original version on Vita, and then the uh -huh. X Plus version adds um, like some extra stuff that happens between chapters, so they add like I think ten extra chapters to the game that happen between... Oh. wow. So, yeah. Like, there's a lot of extra content. Like, this game will last you a long time if you want it to. Like, Didn't it take her, like, 100 hours or something yeah. ridiculous? Yeah, she 100%ed this thing, I believe. Ooh! And, and, like, after 5 tried to play this thing on Nightmare, the, or Calamity Mode the first time, and, boy, it was funny. <laughs> uh, so, we go 3, 2, and then uh, we go 3 again. Yep. That's how her list is ordered. 3, 2, 3. So, her number three game is uh, Gravity Rush 2. Woo! As in, one of the most unique gameplay experiences I've ever had. This isn't the typical sort of game I go for, but the art and characters drew me in, and I ended up enjoying the gameplay quite a bit. 
Gravity Rush 2 is a well-refined follow-up to the first title, and while it provides plenty of closure, I really wish Sega didn't leave uh, this franchise for dead. I think uh, Rhett, okay, Rhett so, probably so, uh, shares that sentiment. So two things about her list. Mm-hmm. First is that Gravity Rush is Sony, not Sega. Oh, damn. You were just really calling intent- it out I, here. Like you, you did I'm not really even... intent. I saw these and I intentionally didn't fix this list. Just to be also a three, two, three. I'm pretty sure Final Fantasy XIV turned number, number one. one. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. I couldn't tell which is which. I'm pretty sure it's Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. You don't play yes. that game ten hours a day for ten months. Yeah. Ooh. I think with those honorable mentions, that's literally everything she played this year. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Noticing a lack of Undertale on that list, despite the fact that one John Thire finished uh, Trails in the Sky. So, uh, I call out. The the agreement was for me to finish the first chapter. I finished the first chapter. The agreement was for either of us to finish the first chapter. But I'll be nice and I'll lay off of her because she's actually said she's going to play it on the break. Oh, yeah. So, I guess we're going to toss it back off to Rhett for a number five. Okay, so this transition totally doesn't play now that we had a day break in between. Oh, no. So with your Steins Gate, you said you want some visual novel love. Yeah. So on my list earlier, I had the Nonner games, but what do you want? You want a little more visual novel love? I, you I want, love you want a visual novel. I'm going to keep backing my voice. Hi, Dan. My number five is Rampa V3 Killing Harmony. Woo! And I really, really can't. I have no idea what the fuck to say about this game. It's it's, it's fucking it's, bonkers. It's fucking bonkers. <laughs> it's, like it it goes harder probably than any does. entry in the series, and like it it just fucking knows what it's doing. Like I recorded oh. my thoughts on this game last year in private because I didn't want to spoil it. So, <laughs> oh right, I have to. Should I go back and listen to that? Where it was on um, last year's Game of the Year? Yeah, you should probably go listen to that now. Yeah, I can listen to that now. I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's got a lot. This game is saying a lot. Yeah, it knows what it's saying. It says it very well. It's just like... Like, if if Danganronpa 2 is the Metal Gear Solid 2 of the series, like, in the way it subverts your expectations from the first game due to its nature of a sequel of being a sequel Mm -hmm. like Danganronpa 3 becomes a game about sequels yeah (laughs) like just to be really kind of general as vague as you possibly can yeah so like the first like five chapters of this game are very much hey we made another one Mm -hmm. and that stuff's really good and i really do like the characters in this yeah and like there's a main trio of characters that really is kind of the emotional core Mm -hmm. of that group that i really liked and chapter five like just on its own is fucking bonkers oh man and that trial that trial is so good yeah i really have to go back and replay some of the stuff and then chapter six is just it off Woo! the fucking deep end for literally five hours. Like you keep hearing how nuts it goes, and then it goes, <laughs> and goes, it goes, it goes. You think it's going to reach a logical endpoint where okay, it can't get crazier, and then it does. Yeah, and then it does. <laughs> so yeah, and I played this game while sick, but somehow mustered enough energy to get through it. <laughs> so it was just, it was a fucking trip. Yep. 
yeah, I really, really like this one, probably more than the first game overall, I think. And, like, comparing it to the second one is so weird because they're so, going for such different things, especially yeah. by the end. Yeah. But yeah, that, that series, I feel, ended on a very high note. Hint, yeah. hint, please. Like, I really, <laughs> really hope that, like, there's no more Danganronpa there's, of this. There's no possible follow-up to that. You can't follow this up. It's impossible. And if you do, you're you're fucking shameless and should just be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. John I is really like, play it. Yeah, you really should play it. Yeah. Hey, Polly, can I steal from your Steam account for that? Absolutely. Because Anna took the PS4 with her copy of it. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, oh. Not a problem. Yeah. We'll set that up. Just let me know when you want to play it. All right, cool. will do. That's it's on the it's on the you know the short list along with like you know, Trails Third. Mm. Heavens. <laughs> equal Wrapping trilogy enders I think tril- yeah trilogies <laughs> so uh John you got us a number 5 uh yep there we go just gonna pop this in the in the chat window here cause otherwise y'all won't know what I'm talking about oh. um number okay. 5 is All Our Asias okay I, I know what this game is yeah yeah I know I was being smarmy there snarky there um this is a hmm. It's sort of like a little biography game. It's it's a it's a game about going into somebody's brain and then exploring like weird psychic spaces for two and a half hours. Like that's the that is the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but what makes it really work for me? It's not a horror game. It's not trying to be like ooh, this is so such a creepy thing. Um, it's really just warm and empathetic mm-hmm. um there's no fighting it's just exploring cool dream spaces and i really like where the story goes i really like the voice of the game and i really like the i really like the aesthetic mm. and the music both are just totally fabulous it's a great look and feel um i really enjoyed exploring the dreamscapes um one of many games about going into somebody's brain and exploring it this year. Yeah, there's a bit of a trend in that. Yeah, it's because it's a really good format. Because yes. games are really good at making spaces, and then you, you, if you to tell a good, a really affecting story, you want to generally like explore a character's psychology. So Why smush not? the two together. Yeah, just, mm. yeah. it's it's a smart. It's a smart trope. Yeah, it's a smart trope, and it can it can still be used in like lazy, dumb ways. But oh, yeah. I think this is using it very well. Um, and this is, I guess, semi spoilery. But the thing that really elevates it to me is that the back half of the game of the game takes place in basically like a Shin Megami Tensei version of Chicago. And that's really cool. See, like mm. this is the part Yo. that I heard about that made me kind of like, oh, uh-huh. that's interesting. Yeah. I went through the subway tunnels that I go to work in, only then you go into the actual subway tunnel and walk down it yourself, and then it opens up into, like, an underground city. And I was just like, what? <laughs> so it's it literally feels like a dream version of the city I live yeah, in. To have that frame of reference, to have that frame of reference seems like the coolest fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And I, that I also got to play this game, and then have lunch with the creator the next day. 
Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> I know. It's it's a just a good it's a cool feeling. It's everything about this was a fun experience. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from the co-creator of Anodyne, mm-hmm. um, which I played back in the day and didn't like, and then accidentally added this specific guy <laughs> when I was like being really mean about it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yup. Because I like posted a URL to the postmortem, and it, the URL had his username in it, and I didn't oh. realize. You were like, whoops. Yep. Must and then been, I played... must have been a real odd lunch you had there. <laughs> no, it worked out fine. Well, at least great. you like the second one. You yeah. like this one. Um, I really, and then I re- they made um, even the ocean. Um, Sean and Marina made even the ocean, which I loved. Um, and then um, Sean made this, and I. And it was like nine months, so really cool turnaround, especially for like a first 3D game. It blows my mind, actually. Yeah, to pull something um, off like that in such a short amount of time, especially that being their first time working in 3D, it's kind yeah. of incredible. It's it's really incredible. Um, I'm extremely excited for Anodyne 2, mm. which is another Chana Marina collab, and it also has really gorgeous 3D sections and some really gorgeous 2D sections. I'm very excited about it. So... That, I remember when I played Anodyne, I was like, this is, I don't like this, but it is like 80% there. I'm extremely excited for the next thing they make. And then I watched even the Ocean's Dev for like three years, and I loved it, and I love this. Like, and now, so now I'm at a place where like, the creators of a game I didn't like totally love in 2013 are now some of the creators I'm most excited about in the medium. Yeah. So. It's a real cool. It's a good uh... time. Yeah, it's a real cool uh, experience to have with a game like that, I think. Yeah. Also, it's free. And literally, like, two hours. So, it's a cool thing to jump in on if you can handle that kind of voice, I think. If the, if that gels with you. Yeah. It's one of the couple of games where the writing just felt completely solid to me. Because mm-hmm. almost every game I really liked this year, there was either, like, one part where they went too hard on a moment they hadn't fully earned... Or there were parts that felt kind of underdeveloped. Or they that, that didn't go they, hard enough. Or they didn't go hard enough. And then this was like the thing that struck the balance. Just exactly what I wanted. Nice. So, all our ages. Good writing. Good world. It's cool. Cool shit. Cool. It's, oh yeah, it's on Steam. It's on itch.io. Alright, that's it. Polly, what is your number five? Yo, my number five is a good follow-up to your number six, actually. Mm. My number five is East Eight Lacrimosa of Donna. This is oh yeah, you played that this year. Yeah, I played that this year. Jesus, yeah. this year has felt long. <laughs> yeah, like this came out last year, but I wasn't really feeling games at that mm. point. I guess last year, but yeah, I played this this year. Um, and like this is probably like if you're talking modern East, this is like top of the chart right here. This is yeah. the best. It is the best combat. It is a really cool deserted island story where you've got to kind of like open up various parts of the island and learn more about the world. I really enjoyed that. And you've got this entire cast of castaways who have their own little stories that you can like choose to help them with. And if you want to get the game's true ending, you kind of have to. You have to really kind of explore all of these characters and help them with the things that they need help with and find more castaways to get to different areas of the island. And then there's like some like tower defense shit where 
like monsters are coming to attack the village and you've got to get back there and defend it or you found an enemy stronghold and we're going to go fuck them up before they can fuck us up. And it's like even more difficult nighttime hunt missions where you have to go out at night and it's real dangerous and all the enemies can fuck you up hardcore. Um, it's just a fucking satisfying as hell East game. Probably the best story the series has ever seen. Mm. Um, you start getting into yeah. uh, the namesake of the game, Donna, uh, who is from an ancient civilization. Like, at all is for some reason having these weird dreams about her life. As, as if he's kind of experiencing it firsthand. Um, and it's a long, long, long while before, like, the paths cross. Uh, and they do a really good job of building her up. And, like, she probably is one of my favorite, if not my favorite character of the year. Just because, like, there is a lot to that character. And they put, they put the usual Falcom gusto behind making her an incredible character. Uh, just immensely relatable, super down to earth, but just very, uh, very determined to do the things that she needs to do as well. And uh, she's like six foot two and really hot, <laughs> and I want her to beat my ass. Great, That's always, took a turn there. She's got a real sexy design, yeah. you know, all the good things you want in a, a good character. <laughs> <laughs> but man like the this game doesn't do much wrong honestly like it's just it feels good like it's structured the way it needs to be structured uh it's a real bummer that mm. that nisa kind of fucked up like everything like the fact that the game had to be <laughs> yeah. the game had to literally be re retranslated once and then the pc port was shit and then the Switch port was kind of bad because they forgot to implement the fucking translation patch properly. So it was broken and crashing all over the place. Man. Yeah, Nisa really fucked this game up bad. So if you're going to play it, I would highly recommend the PS4 version. Uh, the Switch yeah. version is acceptable now. They've got it fixed. Um, if you're accepting 30 FPS. Yeah, like this game, I think, really benefits from 60 frames per second just because of how action-packed it is. and It's an ease action game. Yeah, like, it is but... an ease action game. So it is that fast kind of action. Just so, And, and if you're going to play this game, I highly recommend you play it on harder above because normal is a bit easy. Uh, and I, I, wasn't, okay. I wasn't really feeling challenged, but once you get... You, you pump that up a little bit and you start learning how to do flash guards and flash moves. Like, that is a battle system that just feels incredible. And, like, the climaxes that game goes through from its normal ending all the way through to the true ending. From both a storyline perspective and from just, like, the combat situations you're in, it's, it's stupid. It's stupid good. <laughs> just, like, like, this is a game that, like, I can't wait to replay again sometime, but I don't want to do it immediately. I want to do it when I feel like there's a drought and I really just kind of want something there. You know, there's a, that's the thing that's there waiting for me again to just play that game again. Uh, Does it make you like video games? Yeah, it, it's a game that really did kind of re-kickstart my uh, desire to continue playing video games again this year. Like, because I stalled out a bit. Yeah, well, you, like, bounced off this I game to start because you were in a drought. Yeah, like, I was in a pretty big gaming funk. And, like, I bounced off of this game for the first couple of hours. And then I, like, I cranked the difficulty up. 
and then I kind of got re-familiar with the way the party-based system works, and it was just like, oh, no, this is really fucking incredible. And now the story's going places, and it's even better. Plus, just the whole structure seems so neat. Yeah, the structure's really good. It's 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 very simple. Like the like I like the trading system. It's very simple. There's no currency in the game. You just find shit, give it to people, and you get the things you need. It's real good. Real easy, real simple. Like I didn't even realize till halfway through the game that there wasn't a currency system. That's funny. It was, that was so weird to me. It was just like, wait a minute. I'm not getting gold for anything. Oh, okay. It just felt so seamless. To be doing that, it felt natural to go to the person to upgrade my shit and just like, oh, here's some twigs I found. Whatever. <laughs> I think Falcom games really just exude that effortlessness we kind of talked about earlier. Yeah, that's... Re- yeah, like, pretty much everything about East 8 feels effortless, but mm-hmm. but clearly, like, labored over. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels... Every, anything that feels effortless isn't. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not. Yeah, they just make it. They just make it look so easy. It's yeah. great. Yeah, but yeah, you say like, if I'm if, really, if I'm really had, interested in this one. Yeah, if you've had any aversion to the series or never wanted or tried any of them and you want to just dive in, Issei is totally fine to do that. It's still largely self-contained, even though there are some references to like East Five. Weirdly enough, <laughs> is that the one that there's no version of? It's the yeah, SNES it's a, game. It's a SNES. Super Ugh. Famicom only. Yeah. Like, because we just got Celsetta, and that's four. Yeah. So You start the game with the sword from East 5. Oh, my God. And it's real silly. It's just like, okay, that's what you're, you're, you're tying this game to. And this game actually, like, really digs into Adol as a character, especially towards the ending where you kind of, like, find out ultimate... Like, they make the ballsy move of... What became of Adol after his adventures? Like, they actually go there. Like, mm. what? But it's not something I expected. Like, so it's just like, that's an interesting thing. Um, I'm really hoping Donna is a character that continues to be a part of this series because she is amazing. I just can't stress mm. it enough. She is such, she is such the, the heart of this game that it's incredible. And it's just like, even the fucking title screen means something. It's so good. There's so many great moments in this game. Issei, Lacrimosa of Donna. Brett. My number you... one reason to get a new PS4. <laughs> That's a damn good yeah. one. Because I'm like, oh, I could play the PC for... Oh, uh, I don't want to play the PC version. Yeah. My raise kicks in in January and I'm going to buy... Oh, Jesus. Damn, I thought man. you just got a raise, or did you not actually get it yet? No, it doesn't kick in until January. Okay, I'm like, another raise? What the fuck? No. No, no. Okay. <laughs> but it's enough to buy a new PlayStation. I think Polly was throwing to me for a user list. Yeah. You want I think, one? Uh, I think we're and I another. <laughs> okay, this list comes in from Tengu Gemini. Hello, Tengu Generous. Always a big supporter oh, yeah. of everybody. <laughs> got them bits. He's got them bits. Number three, Valkyria Chronicles 4. This game is very much like VC1 with all that entails. You better believe that I got an A rank for every single mission. Wow. That must have taken a bit. That didn't take any effort in Valkyria Chronicles 1 because you could just do it with one character. You could do one character every mission. I didn't play it that way, though. I didn't either. I just just, rush. Yeah. (laughs) 
I think they kind of fixed that in this one. They had four I games to do so. Because so. <laughs> it kind of like it kind of like that was one of the worst things about the first game is getting yeah, the A rank was dumb. I knew about that and it was just like I'm just gonna play how I want to play, which is defensively. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, number two, Danganronpa V3. I can't really talk much about this without spoiling stuff, but Miu, Himiko, Maki Roll, they're all excellent characters. Amazing cast. Sad to see most of them die, etc. <laughs> yeah, V3 is... It's brutal. ruthless. It does. Your feelings you, are just prey. I f- it feels more brutal than the others, in a way. And I way. think that that's very on purpose. Even knowing... Having played the others, that everybody's gonna die, you know. But anyways, number one, boy, a lot of a lot of love for this company today. The Legend of Heroes: Trails in the Sky, <laughs> both first chapter and second chapter, because they're basically one game. Yep. And the blurb just says Estelle Bright. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you need to say yep, about it. that series, Estelle Bright? Absolutely. Yep. The John, yeah. got me a got me a meaty user list. I do have a meaty user list for y'all. It is from Adamin. I'm glad, or it's Frank. Um, thank you for giving me this one, Rhett. I oh yes, it. very intentional. Number one, Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony. <laughs> high it's on purpose. Wrote, high school was an unkind experience for me, and the Danganronpa experience felt like an exaggerated reflection of that. But Danganronpa felt like all the things I wish I had heard when I was a teenager. Danganronpa is about tearing you down and raising you up, but V3 does something most video games don't. We are so used to consuming video games as products, it's rare we find something that wants to radicalize us. Danganronpa V3 is my number one game of the year because I like it as much as Undertale. It's the most healing and inspiring game I've ever played. That's really nice. Man, that's, that's some fucking praise wow. there. Yeah. I had some super high praise for that game in my blurb last year, like I said, that I recorded separately. Yeah. But that's real fucking on point, <laughs> yeah. Mm. So this obviously is not. A... Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, the, the next game on this list I didn't do on purpose because obviously I didn't know what your list was oh, going to yeah. be. No, number two, All Our Asias. All Our Asias is a haunting trip framed as the story of a son entering his dying father's dream world. The lo-fi 3D dreamscapes and ambient score carry a narratively challenging story examining the fragility of familial bonds and race, the difficulty of immigration and business, the challenge of political activism and implementation of utopian collectivist ideals, and the life-changing effect of loss and grief all centered around a protagonist's quest for identity. All Our Asias deconstructs things many find comfort in, but it doesn't provide comfort in any of them, making it one of the bravest games I've ever played, reforcing the self-reflection on the player. Ooh. That's a, probably a better summary than I gave. Probably. <laughs> There's a little so more... It's hair- easy when you write it out to just... Yeah, yeah. I don't prepare for these two. We're much. off the top of the head the, heading this shit. Yeah. Of course we are. These uh, All our users work much harder than we do. They do! All our listeners... <clears throat> well, I've, I have read this one through like six times, and it makes me smile a lot. Number three, Facets. <laughs> After years of following John on Twitter and sharing similar interests, he came through for me hard this year. Facets affirms a belief I've had that a person's identity, soul, or self is strongly defined by your reactions to life's experiences. And in this game, John gives you the unnerving and morbid task of killing a person's mind piece by piece. <laughs> 
John's uncompromising Yume Nikki-inspired RPG is one of the better games about killing, identity, and death I've played, and more effective than something like Shadow of the Colossus, because it gives you more reason to care about what you're killing. Yep. That is an entirely 100%, like, yeah. Like, I got about, like, look, I never got to finish facets, unfortunately. But having watched John finish the parts that I did not get to, it was just like, oh, man, that game hits real fucking hard. <laughs> it puts me in a lot of different places that are real hard to talk about, and it's real good for it. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry you couldn't get past the maze. <laughs> yeah, fuck the maze. I hate mazes. I promise I, I'll play I that next year. Map, I posted the map on Twitter now. <laughs> oh, well, I, 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 we can just kind of live in this space for a couple more minutes. <laughs> I, guess we can, I guess we can go on. Look, I spent five minutes on Polydungeon. I think you deserve it. <laughs> Because it's not on my list. It's just spoiler. Mm. Uh, uh, I was going to laugh if like somehow the... all our number fives were on that list. Because <laughs> I put Danganronpa there, obviously, on purpose, because I knew where mine was. Mm. But then all John says all our ages, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what? I like the part where he says I did it better than Child of the Colossus. All right. That's, right. yeah, that's some praise. You're number four. I mean, my number true. four. Okay, we're going go to go back to Happy Time, because this is, like, the most joyous happy game I've ever played. Mm-hmm. My number four is Astrobot Rescue Mission. Yes! This game just, sounds so good. It's just pure fucking childlike bliss in a video game form. Like, you can't play this game without smiling ear to ear the entire time, basically. Because mm. it is, like, at its core, it's a fairly simple, like, above-average platformer that, I mean... Like, you don't really see many companies make 3D platforms anymore, so, like, there's kind of no bar for this yeah. kind of thing, really. So it's hard to compare it. But, like, what it does for VR and just how being in that world enhances the experience is just absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. And what is so good about this game, whereas in something like Super Hot VR or, like, kind of every VR game I've played so far, like, you always kind of feel the edges of what that technology can do. Mm-hmm. But this one is so perfectly crafted to exactly what that headset can do and its capabilities that, like, you never feel any, like, oh, this is a little... There's no glitchiness to it. Yeah, you're not pulled out of the experience. Yeah, nothing ever goes wrong, basically, where, like, it tracks your head and it tracks your controller and you use the controller to move your bot around. It's very simple, but, like, it all works 100% flawlessly. Nice. And, like, there are parts where you have to use your head to, like, headbutt stuff or... Like, there's, this, like, a soccer ball minigame and st- goofy stuff like that. And they're, like... And sometimes you'll, like, be going through a cavern and there'll be a little icon on the wall, like, oh, you can headbutt over here and open up a side passage. And it's just... It's cool and it's crazy and it's... It's be- it's like being inside of Super Mario 3D Land is what I've seen a lot of people say. Where they've actually got, like, very similar art styles. And, like, there's one enemy type that's, like, kind of a bunch of enemies to walk in a line like a caterpillar. Mm-hmm. And something about that, I think it's because it's in 3D and because they each will have separate little depths. Like, it feels so real, <laughs> like, seeing them. Like, for some reason, this game, like, more than anything, like, triggered, like, an enemy flying at me and I would, like, react and, like, 
flinch back because I thought it was real for a split second. Like the, I think that's the other thing about this game is because it's like Sony kind of throwing their weight behind it. It's also much more visually polished than a lot of th- VR stuff. Mm-hmm. Like super hot, especially like intentionally. So yeah, looks super rough. So having this be like a triple A kind of experience in VR is also super, super cool to see. Like some of the boss fights are just like mind blowing in scale and size of how big these bosses are. Like the one at the end against a shark is really cool because he's like he's whale sized basically. Like everything is super huge. And then the final boss where the final boss also pulls out a PlayStation controller and starts using your tricks against you is really, really damn cool. That's just super. Like this sounds yeah. like the best argument for VR oh, that I've ever heard. It by far is well. It's so weird because it's not the kind of game you think would need VR, but it benefits so much from mm. it. Like where something like Super Hot couldn't. Well, I guess Super Hot's maybe not an example because there is this non-VR version of Super Hot. But like I don't know. Like you wouldn't think a three D platformer would benefit so much from VR, but then it totally does. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like by far everyone is like, this is the best PlayStation VR game by like a country mile right now. It's really good. And it's just, it's fucking adorable. <laughs> yeah. Like everything I've seen about this game, it's just like, I yeah. like, can I rent a PSVR? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you want to do that. They might get kind of dirty if, you, if you're renting one. Well, it's just like, you know, you want, like, I, I'm not yeah. buying a PSVR headset. Yeah, so, unfortunately, this is an experience that I'm never actually probably going to have. That sucks. My one complaint about this game is that it doesn't really use consistent level theming. Oh, yeah. that's It's such a minor complaint, and, like, it kind of doesn't matter, because in the last like world... every 3D platformer lately. I know, but this one is so weird because, like, there will be, like, three or four beanstalk stages but they're all scattered throughout the game. <laughs> it's just it's just kind of weird. Like, I can kind of get that they didn't want you to have, like, three lava levels in a row. Yeah. But then it's so weird, because, like, usually, like, the dash four of a world will lead into the boss kind of mm. seamlessly, but then none of the other levels do that. Mm. Where it's just like, oh, now you're in a theme park. Now you're in space. Now you're in a volcano. It's, like, kind of weird. Yeah. But that's a minor complaint. And, like, the last world of this game, as I mentioned earlier, like, goes so far with the individual level theming that it stops to matter because like every level in world four in world five is a unique theme and it's just like man you guys like could have made another game just off these ideas here yeah so i hopefully make a sequel at some point then you'll have to buy another playstation VR. there you go i'll have two reasons to own a psvr (laughs) (laughs) two reasons astrobot net Hopefully Astrobot too. Well, Rat, you you had two reasons for picking up a PSVR too. Yeah. Two reasons. Two very big reasons. There you go. That's right. I was going for boobs there. I was going for boobs. Yeah. So, uh, so John, you got a yeah. number four. I got a number four. Um, you know, y'all might be familiar with it. My number four is Hollow Knight. Oh, hey, that's a pretty good hey. video game. Yeah, this game's a masterpiece. Yes. I love it. Masterpiece, number four. Just <laughs> I know, right? I played a lot of good, good fucking video games, huh? Yeah. Um, I freaked, I, I posted like, man, Hollow Knight was so good, like every oh, day for like yeah. a yeah, month. Yeah, literally every day. It was so good. 
It's so it was, good. It was my game of the year last year, and I was like, hmm. I it's real good. I felt like I was making a statement with that one when I put it on number one. Like, no, you guys don't understand. Yeah, like, it's, it's you. I'm not tough. like other Metroidvanias. That was the catalyst for me, like, yep. digging into that game this year, so... Yeah. Yep. I was like, oh, okay, fine. And then I started it, and I was like, oh, it seems like one of those. And then I stopped, and then I picked it back up a month later. I was like, all right, let's do this for real. And then it It goes and goes and goes. goes. It's a game that just keeps going. It's one of those things where you just have to, like, trust it. Yeah. Like, it's not trying to reel you in. It just, yeah. It's real good, and it's going to, it knows it's good, and that. It just wants you, and you just gotta trust it that it's taking you places, and then it totally does. And it doesn't even, like, do anything particularly weird. Like, when you play the first hour of the game, like, most of the remaining 29 hours or whatnot is kind of like that, where you explore these new areas. Yeah. Um, And it just, it slowly ramps up the boss fights, it slowly ramps up the platforming challenges, it slowly ramps up the little bits of story... And then by the end, it just explodes climactically with all of those things. Yeah, it pushes every part of itself as far as it can go, and feel and left me feeling completely satisfied. That was the most erotic description <laughs> of that game I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. That's basically how it left me feel. It, that's basically how it left me feeling. <laughs> you were hor- you were you were hornier for the bugs. Press X to. Come, I don't know. All right, no, that's very good. I don't know. Polly brought it there. Um, I just pushed it as far as it could go. Anyways, it's very good. I really like this game a lot. Um, final boss is real good, huh? Oh my god, so both good. of them. Oh yeah, both of them. Yep. Both of them. I remember getting so mad at the true final boss. Oh, I was yeah, bitching on Twitter. Yeah, that it doesn't. Yep. No checkpoint for you. Nope. <laughs> like, well, okay then. I'll just do the whole thing again. Oh, yep. that, that fucking title. That fucking. That fucking. The title drop the is title the greatest drop. thing in any game ever. The title drop is so fucking good. Your <laughs> heart out, Ganon. Yeah. <laughs> but you are nothing. That's a good scream too. Like Lavos, Kafka, Flowey, oh, yeah. the final boss screech. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love it. Yes. So good. Stupid good. Stupid good. <laughs> Stupid. Genre defying. Genre defying. Genre defining. Genre defining. So, yeah, don't know what else to say. It, it kicks ass. Yeah. Polly. My number four, Persona 5. A game oh, that yeah. I hmm. in no way thought I was going to enjoy as much as I did, but... Just in terms of this formula, it's a formula that I was already just kind of burnt out on. It's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And that's why I resisted playing the game for a very long time. Um, And obviously there's the weird Atlas shit that came out about this time last year that made me say, fuck you, Atlas, we're done. But a friend of mine made a deal. They would play through the Trails in the Sky games if I played their favorite game, Persona 5. All eight of them. Yeah, oh, <laughs> he finished. He finished the series just recently, and he is definitely of the belief that it was a very fruitful trade. And I, 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 I agree with that uh, sentiment. Uh, I enjoyed 
pretty much all of my time with Persona 5 other than the one little part in the middle and one character's arc I feel they kind of just rushed but this is that formula that makes sense this is that formula taken to its 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 most honed it's mo it, it, like it is the most labored over version of that that you're going to get just in terms of man the game's stylish as fuck like how do you not look at like the animation just the sheer style that this game has just in its fucking menus like just the menus are impressive enough but in terms of you know, your social links and things like that, it's it's some of the best that the series has ever had. Like, uh, the main cast of characters, everybody is just a genuinely likable and relatable person and doing these things because they have to, because they, they not because, like, a game story is telling them to, but just to grow as a person, like, I need to take on this thing and, and try to do this thing and then when you have to take on that thing and take on the big boy responsibilities, then you've got to pay big boy consequences. And the game is really good about kind of making the whole Phantom Thieves thing feel like we're just this ragtag group of kids. We kind of don't know what the fuck we're doing, but we're kind of badass for doing it anyway, and people seem to dig it. And then when you start getting noticed by the powers that be that don't really want to have any of that shit done, uh, you're still just kind of teenagers and you don't know as much about this shit as they do. And then mm. when things start getting real for that story and it kind of just dives right into its climax, it's just super good. And uh, like the, the, the dungeons not being randomly generated garbage this time uh, and actually being handcrafted start to finish like every single oh, floor yeah it makes a huge difference like every single floor huh. of every single dungeon is kind of its own little puzzle box for you to figure out and it feels good to do that and it fits with the nature of being thieves and that it's like you can't just go in guns blazing to try and handle this because if you get caught so many times you get bounced out of the dungeon and you lose that day and of course, since it's on a day-to-day -day timer and you've got X amount of days to get this shit taken care of, you don't want to waste a day. So the game kind of really makes you want to go, like, it makes you want to play that game and look as stylish as it does if you're just watching someone play it. And you just always feel like a badass doing it. It's just real good. Like, yeah, like, believe the hype. Like, Persona cool. 5 is real fucking good. Um, and like, I, 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 I I took my ban off of Atlas Games for a bit to play it, and I'm glad I did because. And, oh boy, I, huh? Oh, oh, I just wonder if that ban is going to come back. Oh, it'll be back. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Fine. Like this game does have those couple of gross moments with a predatory gay couple, and it's just like, uh, wow, that did not need to fucking be there. There's literally no reason for that scene to happen. Somebody just wanted to be real mean to gay people for some reason. Cool. Yeah, it was uh, real good. Not. It's real funny. Haha, -ha, laughing. <laughs> That's one thing where the Falcom plays really feel so much warmer in comparison. Well, yeah, because oh, like yeah. Falcom literally tackles these things. It tackles these things, and it's just like it's wholesome. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like like if you look at how Falcom handled like a character who may be bi curious and a flat out gay character in Trails of Cold Steel, like. It's miles beyond anything that Atlas could ever hope to do because, like, LGBTQ people are just a joke to Atlas. <laughs> so, 
you know, whereas they're actual fleshed out characters in Falcom's hands. So, so that aside, that that aside, growth was so cool. All right, go ahead. Sorry. That that aside, I love Persona Five. Like, I think this is definitely one of the better RPGs to have come out in the last five or ten years. Like, it deserves the praise that it gets. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna trash talk it other than the parts that need to be trash talked. Really, yeah. Like, if you if you haven't experienced this formula. This is the best version to do that with, despite the fact that I may like the theming of Persona 3 more. Um, mm-hmm. That game is a much rougher time to get through. Um, if you've ever been on the fence about the series, like Persona 5 is the one that I think that is going to make the argument. So, yeah, that's my number yeah. four, Persona 5. Just damn good, classy game all around. Great. That sucks, Polly, because I was really happy to hate this game. Yeah. Hate on this game. <laughs> I know, Anna, right? I was... Anna loved it. I was so uh, content. I was so content to just leave it in the dust and not worry about it, just because I'm done with this format. I don't even care anymore. And then I played it, and I'm like, "Fuck! I gotta be wrong. I gotta eat crow on this one." <laughs> Plus, that's the other game she took with the PS4, along with Nier Automata. Why would uh, why would why would she want and like Persona digital, Five when so it's just attached to that account? Yeah, whatever. I know. Fuck Anna. Yep. She's a cunt. Yep. <laughs> oh boy. My my game of the year is divorce. Yeah, game. I approve. <laughs> Boom. And that'll do it for game I'll, of the year. Yeah, we we'll can't possibly that. top that. Better game of the year than Homestuck. Better than Homestuck. Sure. Better than Home. Divorce is better than Homestuck, ladies and gentlemen. Game. <laughs> oh God. All right. I guess I might like. Persona 5. I won't play any fucking Fire Emblem games, though, or fucking Pokemon. Oh, but are you going to play Smash Brothers to play as Joker? If I like Persona. Well, I if I like what about Polly? Would you play as Joker in Smash Brothers? If, I mean, if I played Smash, yeah, I'd probably play Joker. I think Joker's cool as fuck. You just want to slap him. He's very hot. You want to He's very hot. just want to slap him. Slap it. Just slap <laughs> Hear that cute slap. little reactions of his. Oh, oh my god, just imagine. Oh, his hair is big and poofy. Ah, it's poofy hair. Oh. I can actually hear Rhett cringing. Yeah. <laughs> Rhett's like, a boy? What? Hey, Rhett, do you want to wash the taste out of your mouth with a, a user list, maybe? Or a listener yeah. list? Why do we keep saying user? They're not using anything. <laughs> I think I said it once from yeah. work jargon our our podcast is a drug and y'all are using listener oh you got user list written on the fucking thing no wonder we've been saying user list (laughs) that's how you wrote it great all of our listeners are fucking drug addicts now good job okay good job anyways another list want one this one comes in from quote Matt slash Mooman slash Leonat slash what have you. Yeah, yeah. He's a... Goes by a few names. Yeah, he's a friend of the site. He's been with us since pretty much the beginning. Okay, number three, Factorio. I've long been a a sucker for modded Minecraft and its engineering challenges, so it's only natural that I run into Factorio. It's a game based around building factories, starting from nothing but a few iron plates, and ending with a sprawling factory that makes everything from circuits to laser turrets to launching rockets. Nothing beats the feeling of putting the last few pieces of your factory in place and watching it spring to life. 
I've seen videos of this game. It looks really cool. It's just yeah. kind of not the thing I'm into. But like, yeah, seeing videos that looks really cool and elegant. It sounds like it's, something that Vinny Caravello would probably. Spend. I think he was the one who did the quick look on Giant Bomb. Yeah, that would not about. surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> Number two. So this keeps happening where someone will mention a game on their list and then uh. it'll show up in a user list that I didn't know was going to position it correctly. <laughs> Number two, Hollow Knight. Yeah! <laughs> what else is there to say that everyone doesn't know already? The tone and setting is beautiful, the combat is perfect, and the world feels far more alive than most Metroidvanias I've played. My personal favorite touch Team Cherry brought to this genre was... I'm emphasizing here. My personal favorite Team Cherry... touch Team Cherry brought to the genre was the map. Drawing it yourself was brilliant. Instant yes. classic. That's so good. I see so many people bitch about the they map, and that was like so my much. favorite yeah. thing in that. I really and like you posted some of the maps that you drew yeah. on Twitter uh, just yesterday, I think. Yeah, and that's so cool because like I didn't draw the maps, but I was drawing no. them in my head as I was exploring yeah. area, and then well, and like even when you go back to a bench or if you die, it draws the map. Like what the yeah. fuck? Just get the quill. Oh, you, you have dumbass. to use a charm for the icon of your character. Oh, which. Whatever. It's not that hard to place. It's not yourself. that hard to know where you are. God, yeah. it's, it just drives me nuts because that was like something I really loved about God. it. Not seeing so many people I may have about used, it online. I may have used the compass for like the first hour, and then it was just yeah. like, oh, I just like I just follow it room by room. It's not that hard. Yeah. Because yeah. I played it at launch, so the map guy didn't hum like he does now. So oh. it, it was easier to walk by him. So yeah. I totally did in the first area. Oh, so wow. That's why I, so that's why I had the map, because I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just not getting a map for a while. Yeah. So I drew the whole thing, plus so that I could know, like, oh, there's a rock over here I want to investigate later. Like, because the first area especially has so much stuff that yeah. leads to, like, everywhere else. Mm. And then, yeah, after you beat the boss, like, you emerge right by where the map guy is if you haven't found him yet. And I'm like, oh, hey. <laughs> Finally. Anyways, user list. Number one, Subnautica. Mm-hmm. Hard to summarize this one in three sentences. It's a survival game with a hand-built world, underwater, and is incredibly immersive. Exploring, crafting, and following the plot is a joy. I've played it through several times, and it hasn't begun to get dull. Really love the base building. It's pretty inconsequential, ultimately, but it's one of the only games I've ever played that inspired me to try to make a nice-looking home for my avatar. Aww. I'm kind of interested in this now. It's uh, I believe it's free on the Epic Games launcher yeah. right now for two weeks. Yeah. Cool. And like, kind of hearing comparisons to No Man's Sky uh, of all things makes me like, hmm, I could go for some, you know. That definitely sounds like something you'd be into. Explore, base build, survive, craft thing, mm -hmm. but underwater instead. Like, I like water games, so that's a cool setting for me. Mm. So, John, you got us a user yeah. list. I do. It's from Lewis. Thank you. I for keep saying me user list. One. I'm sorry. Well, we're like uh, fucking. We're three fourths through the podcast now. We might as well just yeah. stick with it. Yeah. Uh, this is from Lewis, aka Door Curtain. Um, there's two entries here. The first is a tie for the second place. Excuse me, and it's, it's Luis. Luis. Yes. And it's a tie between Facets and Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. Mm, that's a pretty good game <laughs> to be tied with. Jesus. <laughs> It was like last year and Rhett tied her lullaby in near Automata. Yeah, like I was very <laughs> happy and ecstatic with that. Yep. <clears throat> I'm cheating a little by putting both of these in the same entry, but I still think of them in tandem. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> oh man. Because they are both 
Woo! Because they're both incredibly difficult and involve JRPGs that get you to seriously examine and understand the battle system. They are also both depressing as all get out, and you never quite feel like the hero in either game, lending the two of them yeah, not quite. I'm lending the two of them a unique air from the other games I played this year. I also prefer both games' takes to what they're often both compared to, Persona. The former because it examines the dubious morality of what goes on in Persona 5 in a more per- focused sense, and the latter because there's more physical exploration of the world, which I always love, even if I do still appreciate Persona's exploration of its characters. <laughs> yeah, I- John's going to be giddy on that one for a while. <laughs> like, the dopamine was really has funny, really like, kicked in. Yep. I was, like, halfway through Fastest Dev, and I was like, wait a minute. Don't they do all this in Persona? I actually asked a friend, like, is there a point in Persona 5 where someone, like, uses the, you know, heart erasing for evil? <laughs> wow. So, I thought that was funny. Um, number one, Hollow Knight. Yeah, that checks out. I made a jokey tweet that as I was playing this game earlier this year, asking if people ever get mad when a game is so good. And I wasn't angry, obviously, but I was a little sad that Hollow Knight was such a masterpiece that I knew it would take the number one spot on this list when I got around <laughs> to writing it. Because I had already played the two previous games that I wasn't going to knock off this list either. So no matter what cool games I played after beating Hollow Knight, my list was already decided. And the only three spots I had for the year were taken. Sorry, other games. I can't say anything about Hollow Knight that hasn't already been said, so I'll just say that if you have a Nintendo Switch, please get it, because it's absolutely perfect for the system. Yeah, I played it again on Switch this year, and it runs perfectly. Awesome. Hollow Knight Knight can go above. I I, I probably would have... If I had put it on my list, I would have probably put it at number five. But I believe if... uh, Just beneath Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight is also on PS4, and I think Xbox right now. So, play it. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody. Yeah. And, it's good. Um, it, it got a second life this year with the Switch release. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Honorable, honorable mentions, if you want to give those a quick lead. Poly Dungeon, my favorite shitpost generator. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Excellent. And Donut Country, a fluffless, perfect comedy I'm definitely replaying yearly. Mm. Donut Country seems cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. Obviously, I left those on because of Poly Dungeon. That's how you get yep. an honorable mention. It's mentioned one of your <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, I believe next in the oh, All right, Rhett. Is Rhett. What's your number three? Oh, man. If, oh, boy. If, like three numbers that matter. Top ten, top five, and top three. And yeah. we're in the top yeah. three. This is, where, this is where the taste actually matters. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh boy! Everything you've dropped nothing but bullshit so far, so that you better really cut, better really count now. Yeah, because the top three is what we give the listeners, so yeah, these true. are the ones that matter. Yep, yep. And I was already going to say before this one. Okay, gloves off, knives out. All right. This is where y'all ain't gonna like me for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> my number three is Celeste. Ooh. <laughs> and Polly is just like fucking no. Oh, that didn't sit well with you, huh? <laughs> no, I, I had this awful taste in my mouth now, man. Oh, oh. gagged a little bit. Oh, I'm gonna put this on my switch so I can play it on the plane ride home. <laughs> It's so good. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to shit on so good. Okay, so like this is a very hard platform with the fucking incredible visuals, incredible music, and a really good story. And it just it one million percent clicked with me on like every possible level. (laughs) And I had a line that I wasn't sure if I was going to throw up, but now that we've you know talked about Hollow Knight extensively, I will. Where it's like you play Hollow Knight and you go, well, I don't think they can ever improve on that formula again. <laughs> so for Celeste, it was like, okay, I played Meat Boy years ago, and that's like a very hard massacre platformer that's very similar to Celeste. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Celeste makes me feel, I don't know if I can ever love a game in this genre as much as this one, <laughs> because it just does it so perfectly and with emotion as well. Yeah, that counts that, so much. That is what elevates it. Like it becomes, it's not just a hard platformer. It's a complete package, and that's so fucking hard to pull off. And they do, like, they make it seem effortless, basically. It and seems the, pretty fitting that Matt Thorson would put a pin in that genre when he was one yeah. of the people that like invented it. Yeah, yeah which I had no play. idea. I just saw Matt makes games at the start. I was just like, "What? Who are these guys?" Oh, he made fucking Jumper. Which yeah, I had no like, idea until you mentioned that on like the podcast. Yeah. Predating me, boy, of all things, which yep, kind of this is the popular culture version of reinventing that genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you, he is to like that genre as you are to Flash Four. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, <laughs> hey, that's an apt comparison. Wow. <laughs> that's a, yeah, hey, I, hey, Poly Dungeon is Flash Four, by the way. Yep. It's the literally the final Flash 4 game ever made. Probably. Like, I am the swan song. Oh my god. <laughs> I have to make something else just so you're not the last. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> just uh, so your gonna... piece of shit isn't what it's remembered for? <laughs> that came out way worse than I imagined. <laughs> wow! <laughs> hey, it's you... saying that I'm not done making games forever. Thank you, yeah. guy. Because I'm never going to use another engine. Of course not. <laughs> I'll just pull you into the game me and Ghosty are making. Because it's going to be in Game Maker. Game Maker? I mean, is Game Maker or Game Maker 2? Game Maker 1 Studio. Oh, Jesus. Y'all are already behind the times. Yep. Well, I'm not paying for Game Maker I've, 2. <laughs> I actually have Game Maker 2. Game Maker 2 as an update on the thing that I've been using since 2003. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's probably good enough for whatever y'all are doing. I feel like it's good enough for whatever any of us want to do. Yeah. I think it's perfectly fine. Okay, anyways, back to my number three, Celeste. <laughs> I beat the main game. I beat all the B-sides. I beat almost all of the C-sides, except for the last, the second to last one. Just gets so fucking hard at the end. Like... <laughs> It's only like a 45 second gauntlet, but it's like 45 seconds of air dashes that are like a split second apart. Mm. So I was just like, I can't anymore. I'm sorry, Gain. I love you, but it's a much. It's like a, a much. frame perfect asking way <laughs> yeah, too much. It, it got a bit much, but like I'm not holding that against it. It's just funny. So the, the one crazy thing that I never mentioned on the podcast that I knew that I found out afterwards when I officially like put a bow on it and it was like okay game i'm done so i mentioned how in like c in b side seven they teach you a new move that you had the whole time but you never knew about mm-hmm. oh, when you uh... get to c side eight 
they teach you another new move that you've had the whole time and never knew oh, about. Wow. It's fucking insane. <laughs> but anyways, that game oh, is super, super, super amazing. I love it a whole bunch. And it's only my number three, like the way John talked about Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. And after beating it, I listened to the whole soundtrack just on its own and cried twice. <laughs> <laughs> the soundtrack is extremely good. I like the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like it was a, it was weird because it was listening to the songs from the B sides and just kind of going through those emotional moments of extremely hard platforming, getting <laughs> the emotional reaction to me. And I think it's like B side four, the one with the wind is just it's miserable, but that's kind of the point of the game and the story. Like it all works so well together. Mm-hmm. It's about overcoming adversity and trials and depression i like the ro- <laughs> look i liked the rock bottom part of that game and the yeah. the boss fight of that area hilariously the boss fight was the one thing i was like this is going on a bit long and you were like so like we just totally had opposite reactions yeah. to like everything in this game <laughs> yeah i'm interested in this because i've i'm seeing some negativity towards that kind of metaphor mm-hmm. in games thing like Gris just came out or Grease or whatever and mm-hmm. that I, I already saw some like people kind of reacting to that kind of storytelling in games mm-hmm. and like basically calling it trait um, and I'm coming at it from like hating some games like that and then loving things like Journey um, those kind of emotional broad, broad yeah. emotional arcs so yeah, I'm interested in Celeste because I love that developer I'm interested in Celeste academically, because I'm, I'm interested in thinking about that kind of story, and especially in the context of one where both you and Polly had, like, the opposite reactions to it. It's a very good platformer, too, though. Yeah, because, exactly. Like, it's got that developer history. Mm-hmm. It just feels extremely cool. good. Like, the movement is extremely good. The air dashing feels fucking awesome. <laughs> the way your character kind of squishes and stretches animation-wise. Awesome. Yeah, I, I watched... Um, the first chapter on a stream with the developer and it looked really pretty and nice. nice. And I love the Pico 8 game. It I, I ripped off its graphics oh, yeah. for the prototype I did. The Pico 8 game is actually in this game too. Yeah. <laughs> I played the whole thing not realizing like it had been ma- it was actually a thing that was made before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's completely different though in the Pico 8 thing cuz it's just single yeah. screens. But like there's it's no room for any story. There's no story but it is kind of still the same story. <laughs> I think you get to the top and then you touch the flag and it just ends. Like there's no even they didn't have room for an ending screen because they stuffed everything That's full. Because Pico Eight only lets you have so many like lines of code and rooms. Wow. Alright, cool. I guess that's a bit about my number three. John. Mm-hmm. What's your number three? My number three is Luca, born of a dream. Oh my god. Yeah. I thought this was your number one. <laughs> Yeah, like I was thinking oh, that was game of the shit. year. Interesting. Interesting. Oh man, I, I I didn't. Okay, I didn't know I was surprised you from that angle. That's funny. <sighs> no, okay. yeah, I completely. Thank I you. I really adore it. I thought like I was. This was my number four for a long time. Like, I, and then I finally mm-hmm. like bumped it up because like I love Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the first twenty five hours of that game is sort of the same base. Mm-hmm. The the normal ending that game is just it's just linking the fire, man. <laughs> it's the same. It's I I mean I kept trying not to say Dark Souls a tongue last year, but that game 
riffs pretty heavily on Dark Souls. Yeah, it's it, the same it ending. It <laughs> wears. <laughs> it literally wears that that but on its sleeve. Not to talk about yeah, Hollow Knight so much, but it's like they do it better. The good. It inspires from the good sides of Dark Souls, not just her. It's hard. Yeah, exactly. And then, Anyways. and then, even when it does just does just have the same ending, it is <laughs> it does it better. It does it with more emotional impact. Mm-hmm. Like it makes the it convincingly makes yeah. its final boss a tragic figure, where Dark Souls doesn't. No, uh, okay. that's to actually a really good point. Anyways, that's not where we're talking. But then, about, but then, and then it has the last five hours, which are really excellent and kind of push it out of that. But just Luca, out of Board that of shadow. a Dream. Luca. <laughs> All right. So what I was saying is that Luca felt, did not feel like it was in another thing's shadow. It did not feel like it was just mm-hmm. a really well-done Metroid Dark Souls game. It still wears all of its references on its sleeve, but they're not as kind of worn out, I guess, references. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of riffing on, like, Platinum games. Um a bunch of weird arty indie shit like Yumi Nikki, um, or also like stuff like Silent Hill. Um, so it's pulling and Dragon Quarter, of course. Um, so it pulls from all of these different things that I love and weaves it into this extremely taut action game, um, where the first loop of the in the world is you're leveling up and getting experience points. Um, and collecting resources and whatnot. And it's this really fun, like, five-hour adventure. And then at the... Not fun. I mean, it's, like, pretty scary also. Uh, but it's this eight eight chapters, eight levels. Each of them is kind of works as, like, just sort of a, an action, a level in an action game with some, like, quiet <clears throat> parts interspersing it to kind of give it a really nice feel to me. Um... And then you get to the second loop, and you're not spending resources. This is a bit spoilery, but I, I think it helps convey like what's so compelling about it. Um, you're not you you max out your level cap, and then the money just doesn't matter anymore, <laughs> and you start getting graded on your fighting. And mm-hmm. suddenly, it's a platinum game where your 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 capabilities have already been maxed out, so you have to get really good at the fighting. Yeah, and that's when the timer comes, the dragon quarter thing comes into play. And it gets just like really tense, and just the it teaches you how to play Luca, and then you play Luca, and pl- and then I played Luca for like fifteen hours, and it was great. Yeah, like the first fifteen so, hours is basically a tutorial. No, the first what I meant is that the first like four hours was <clears throat> teaching how to play Luca, and then I played for like fifteen more hours. Just I I got to near the very end of the game, and then had to, and then accidentally erase my save through, through fault of my own and then the very end of the second loop and then I just the next day started back over did the whole first loop did the whole second loop didn't miss a beat just completely drowned myself in this game for like that's, two or three weeks that's pretty cool just getting yeah. it so that you didn't have to kind of do the RPG stuff yeah mm-hmm. so it, it like tricks you into thinking it's sort of a Dark Soulsy thing but actually no it's it's Bayonetta Mm-hmm. Um, it's Devil May Cry and all that. Which Dragon Quarter sprinkled on. With a bunch of Dragon Quarter and you All your shit. favorite it's things like, in one. It's, yeah, it's all like my favorite literally, things. Somebody literally just made John Thire the video game. Interspersed with like a bunch of text games that are super inspired by like Porpentine shit, which I was on my <laughs> list last year. 
like Sacrament One um, was released as a standalone thing last year, and it's like a half-hour text game mm-hmm. that's in the middle of Luca, and it's still like in my three favorite parts of the game. It's this great emotional journey. So, I mean, is it like story-wise? That does sound a little weird. Yeah, it okay, is. Okay, cool. It's oh, it's intimately Sacrament One, especially, is intimately connected story-wise to the main Luca game. Like it is, it's the emotional core of the game. Are um, they? I thought you said something earlier about some of them were missing. Yes. Are there they... are two more sacraments that aren't in there yet. Um, okay. So yeah. honestly, like, I mean, they're all just weird dreams anyway. Like, I, I, I worked myself over trying to justify liking it as much as I did <laughs> when the story, like, isn't clean mm-hmm. and obviously perfect in the way that, like, E6 or Hollow Knight are. Um, but I just don't feel the need to. It's it's a dream. It doesn't mm-hmm. tie everything together super neatly. It comes to a strong conclusion um, that resonated with me emotionally, and I don't think I need to really like justify it beyond that. It's just a really good journey, and the action game stuff that the, the action game stuff is as pristine as it is just gives it gives the dreamier aspects of the narrative this really strong backbone. So, oh, I'm really excited. There was one specific narrative moment near the end where I talked to Colin after the fact and was like, hey, I felt like this probably could have used like a little bit more buildup. And he said, good, that's that's one of the things I'm working on in the sacrament. So, (laughs) So, like, when those come out, I'm going to play them immediately and then I can report on cool. And it just completely nails it home, but it, it already did. It's already my number three. Easy. Yeah. I completely love the game. <sighs> I don't know. That's a, it's real good. Go. It did not, it did not take the world by storm. Like I hope it, I Aww. hope it, I hope it grabs more. I did see more. a few people. Like, yeah, I, I saw a good number it. of people play it. I saw a couple of high profile, more higher profile people yeah. playing it. Um, I know Robert yeah, I mean, Smile like, played it, and that dude Super covers... Bunny Hop and Camster, yeah. I think, did videos on it. That mm-hmm. was like super surprising. Yeah, I know. But I guess but even then, like, that how many didn't how, catch on? Yeah, how many say how many sales directly does like a Camster video translate to? Like, it seems yeah, like no, he, it's taking the world over, but like what does that actually translate to? And then the, it's, I mean, it can't hurt at least. Not easy. Yeah, no, it's just, he's no, PewDiePie, I, I got I to, understand. I got to talk with, I got to be in close contact with a friend who put out a masterpiece video game and all of the stresses that that mm. comes with. Like, I can't even imagine. It seems really, really hard it's when you, especially when you do the Kickstarter thing and you have all these external pressures. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. trying to market a game seems torturous it marketing seems... is like half the game or maybe all of the game now with Ugh. the saturation that's going on yeah and then i was just like ah, i'm gonna put out my rpg maker game <laughs> i don't really <laughs> care too much it'll be fine it'll work Ugh. itself out it'll work itself out so endless respect to colin and kevin and that whole crew um this game turned out incredible. I'm extremely excited for whatever they make next. And I think there will be more stuff next. Oh, and the soundtrack's just 
pristine. I've listened through it a couple dozen times. It's amazing. Mm. And it makes me feel things when I listen to it again. Also, the one of the important characters is a um, bitter Catholic gay girl named Anna. So oh. that, that, was part, that was a little oh. that was challenging. Oh! <laughs> Yuck. Do like we did with Fresno. Except for one thing. Do like we did with Fresno. Just get him to make an alternate version, change that character's name. Just like we did to change the the small scene in her (laughs) lullaby. And just there is one version out there that only Fresno has that has a slightly different scene. Oh, really? Yeah. I did that that with Facets again where I had a neck stabbing. And then I made the version for Fres. And then I was like, wait, I actually like the softer version more. (laughs) Ugh. So yeah, Lucas. It's pronounced Anna. Apparently, he he mentioned that. I was like, oh. okay, thank you. That helps. So, Luca, born of a dream. L U C A H. I really recommend it. It's on itch.io. It's on Steam. It's, it's on basically Steam. a game of the year, except well, it's number three. <laughs> well, I mean, Hollow Knight was number four, so like these are all game of the years at this point. Yeah, I'm sure. Basically, yeah. I mean, if neither num- there's a chance that either number two or number one would be from 2018. So if, then, by traditional output rules, that would be. Oh yeah. If right. that's the case, who knows? Hmm. Holly, yo, you have a number three. My number three. We heard a little bit about this one already. It's kind of the follow-up to an earlier part of the list. This uh. is The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 2. So cool. I, I made these separate entries because they are fundamentally separate stories. Um, due to the events that occur in the first game, and this is all stuff that is hinted at as far back as Trails in the Sky, that the Erebonians are kind of on the verge of a civil war breaking out. That's kind of what we have happen here. And then we have these characters who are both of noble and commoner descent. They now, like, they're be- they've been forced apart by a very large event that happens at the end of the first game that fucks everybody up pretty bad. And it's about trying to kind of eke out our new existence and find out what can we do in this world? You know, we're just kids, but there's got to be a way that we can sort of change the tide of things. And ultimately, this is a story of everybody kind of finding a way to get back together and find out, like, what is our place in this? You know, like, this can't be, like, the, the it can't just be side A or side B. There's got to be a different answer here. And that's sort of the theme of the game is trying to find out, like, what 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 is our role in all of this, it, you know? And the game does a good job of kind of um, telling that war story. And, and to... I think it's to Falcom's credit that it doesn't, it's not a story that goes as dark as it probably could. And I think that's something you'll always find with Falcom games is that they rarely ever go down a path that is really dark or too depressing. Um, they do have that element of war and, you know, the things, the ways that it can tear people apart and all of that, but they don't really dwell on it. Like there's a, there's a moment before, some of the final scenes in the game that I think kind of uh, best exemplifies the kind of messages that I think Falcom wants to put out in the world and that, that, that like, you know, we're off to go do this big thing. Like, this has been our big goal 
So let's go, like, you know, I would die for this goal. And then, like, a character's just like, that doesn't make sense. Why would you die for something when you could live to protect it? You know, and I think that that's mm-hmm. the kind of message that Falcom wants to put out. Like, in, in, in a thing where I think, like, games are very cynical and nihilistic. I think that Falcom games have, like, a hopefulness to them where, like, they acknowledge that these darker themes exist and that, like, you know, ultimately, like, sacrifice can be viewed as a noble thing. But it's, like, it it takes a stronger person to live and protect something knowing that's going to be the harder path. And, like, that's one of the best things. And obviously there's a lot more character development this time around. Uh, because we're diving further into each character individually, because we come we come to find them in entirely different circumstances than it was in the first game. Whereas you know we're just palling around the military school, and now it's just like, well, no, now we've just kind of been flung out into the world, having to eke out an existence. And now you find out who the fuck you are, mm. um, and, I, and I really like that aspect of the story. And then there's the last probably eight hours of this game. <laughs> Where I was literally just live tweeting, losing my mind. <laughs> because was that like an all nighter? Yeah, I, it was an all nighter. I remember waking up just seeing all that, being like, "Oh, geez." It was an all nighter. Like the last six hours, last eight hours of this game. Like when it, like, like when you, like, it's a game that keeps going and going and going. <laughs> it's just like I reached the ending, right? No. Oh my god! What are you doing? How is it still going, and how did this, like, it, you find yourself in increasingly dire situations that get crazier and crazier, and uh, the, 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 the initial climax of this game has so many moments that it's just like, you feel literally every emotion that you can feel, and in in, in just like, probably this one 20-minute scene, they pack so much emotion into it and they earn every big reveal that they go for because they've spent all the time building up and hinting at all of the shit and it's crazy and like I've never seen like there is one specific chapter in this game that is so masterful that I've never seen done before and it's just like I I don't want to spoil what it is because but like when you play the game and you get to the intermission chapter and what that chapter is, it's just like, that is an incredible piece of storytelling that I don't think any other JRPG would have the balls to do because it doesn't have the character development to back it up. And this game dives headfirst into a moment like that. And it's just like, holy fuck. This is a game that leaves you drained by the end both just in terms of how long you've been playing because you're probably going to marathon run this shit once it starts kicking into high gear and just how many like like how many scenes they spend just beating you about the feelings until you get to the the ending and it's a logical conclusion to the story so far because I, i think that this is a game that they made with the knowledge that we're going to have to divide this up between PS3 and PS4. So the logical thing would be to kind of give this second game a satisfying enough conclusion so that it's not... Le- like, the first game will leave you on a cliffhanger. The second game, 
it leaves a lot of things left unsaid and it leaves a lot of things up in the air to where you're just kind of literally in shambles because you want the fucking answers. <laughs> but it leaves you with these characters on like their journey to adulthood. Like they like accomplish their goal. They experience like both the highs and lows of that. And now like the, the, the military academy life that you want to live is no longer there. You can't have that anymore. You have responsibilities as an adult that contribute to the world and the world's new situation because like the world is still ever changing. Uh, by the time you get to the end game, it's just the world has changed so much and so many big things have happened that it affects not only the country of Erebonia, but everyone around them. So you've got so much intrigue going on and like everybody has to go uh, their own separate ways to deal with this shit. And um, it leaves a lot of heavy responsibilities on these characters that like they have to grow over the course of whatever happens between now and Trails of Cold Steel 3, which I know takes place like a year and a half later. So, um, like, to see, to, like, it's really exciting to think about, like, where that, like, that being locked into that adulthood role now, you know, maybe even before you were ready for it, wh like, how are these characters coping with that a year and a half later is something that's going to be really interesting to see, um, and man, like Falcom just does no wrong, really, right? Like I think that's the theme yeah. here. That's the theme of these podcasts. Yep. It's a lot of Falcom love today. Yeah, I think Falcom is one of the clear winners here today. <laughs> <laughs> they seriously are. Like, if there's one kind of consensus between you guys and the user and the reader list, listener lists, a lot of Falcom. A lot of Falcom. Yeah, Trails They're of Cold like, Steel too. Or kept making games. Kept made a bunch of games. <laughs> Hearing you praise this so much kind of makes hearing you praise this so much kind of makes me sad because to get to it I'm like five games away. Yeah, but like yeah. what know, you have know, to I play isn't bad at all. I know, but it's just like man, it's such an investment, and it's, it's also good. It is. But it's holy shit, it's an investment. It's worth it. It is because I'm saying at least five yeah. games. That's not saying the middle ones that, don't the, get translated the, by the time I finish the third. Yeah, like. These games are an investment, but they are worth it. Yeah. Like, J like nobody does JRPGs the way that Falcom is approaching this <laughs> series. Like, it's just incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, SC, I think SC is like a good, perfectly fine exit point. So yeah. I think it, you could really just think of it as like a two game investment because you do have to play one that's, and two. I think that's how I have to approach it. Yeah. yeah. Just. I feel like hey, I'm like Fresno, then... where it's like, okay, fine, I'll play it. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like I've been b being told to play these games for like five years now. <laughs> right around the time I started Xenoblade. Oh, right, I have to finish that first. <laughs> of course, oh, great. Well, that, well the Trail series. That's is never literally what played. I, That's literally what always happens. Yep. I've got to finish Xenoblade. Then I have to play Xenoblade two. Then maybe I'll get to Trails. Well, that series yeah, is dead. Brett's never playing it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, Trails games that, are good. Then, at least they'll be finished by the time you get to it. <laughs> there you go. You'll be able to play you'll all of them. Nine I'll be 80 full years games. old, but man, it'll all be translated into English by then. 
Also, I want to give a special shout out to the dub cast because they are the the only ones that like like they like, because for some reason uh, it wasn't until recently that Xseed were on good terms with Katakawa. They were not able to obtain the rights to the Japanese voice tracks, so all we had was the dub for Trails oh, of Cold right. Steel. Oh right, now I can play these games. Oh fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> The dub cast for this game, for these two games especially, are fucking incredible. Cool. Like, they just knock it out of the fucking park. And I'm not even just saying that because I know a few of them. So, I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, emotional scenes, you want emotional scenes, like, delivered in a way that you want emotional scenes delivered, they fucking do it. Cool. Yeah, Trails of Cold Steel 2, that is my number three. Okay, so, Rhett, do you have a listener list for us? I do. This one comes in from Knight Porter. Hi, Knight number... Porter. Yeah, we don't know who that is, really. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, number one, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, somebody listed it. <laughs> Yay! Finally, it got it got a shout-out, even if you yeah, had to Finally. <laughs> Open-world games tend to be real hit-or-miss for me, but this one just worked. Intriguing story, characters I cared about, and sticking the landing on the ending. Heck, even the runaround was enjoyable. Yeah, I really, really do like the story in this game. Like, I don't want to disparage it too much. Like, I, I'm eager to play it. Like, yeah. I, I remember mentioning at one point I wanted to borrow it, and you were like, you yeah. can just go buy it. Dude, that game went on sale, like, a week prior for, like, ten bucks. I was like, Polly, come on. It's <laughs> going to take more to send it to you. Just saying. Okay, number two. A game we just mentioned, Subnautica. Probably wow. my favorite. Probably my favorite survive-slash-explore-slash-build game ever. I played it all the way through for every single early access update for two years. Oh, wow. my God. That's Wait, some dedication. Game? Subnautica. Okay. This game wow. Awesome. Yeah, it's rare that that happens. Uh, number three is a game I have not heard of. Capital letters FAR colon Lone Sales. Huh. I have not either. Yeah. I don't even know how to classify this game. Adventure game? puzzle game walking sim on giant wheels regardless it's beautiful and well worth the couple hours to play through huh i might have to look that up that's yeah huh first time i think that's ever happened where we got a game and nobody None knew of what us the fuck it was one of us that's yeah. interesting cool john you got me one more list i do sorry fucking with something um this is from Listening Garden, certified good taste haver by oh, me. <laughs> um, that's based on both this list and on every list Eleanor sends in every year. Yes. Uh, they are not numbered. Siren. Oh, I'm so excited to play this game. Um, often overlooked compared to other PS2 horror greats, Siren focuses on a small town in Japan as a curse morphs its citizens into insect zombies known as Shibito. Uh, excuse me. Just got a ginger ale. Classy. Yep. <laughs> We're all pros here. Um, with so many moving parts happening at once between a dozen playable characters, Siren is almost more of a puzzle game than a traditional horror title. In order to progress, players must sight-jack the Shibito to learn their patterns and perform tasks with speedrunner-like speed efficiency, both pertinent to their own goals as well as actions that will affect other characters later on in the timeline. The solutions can be esoteric, like some of the mythology referenced in John Zorn's extensive discography. It does little to detract from Siren's expertly crafted atmosphere of paranoia, nauseating body horror, and intriguing corruption of Japanese traditions. Mm. So that's one entry. 
<clears throat> I'm really excited to play Siren. I, I've owned it. Yeah, for Siren years now. is real fucking cool. Yeah, um, it's by a bunch of ex Silent Hill people too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it just seems like really meaty to play as well. Oh yeah, it is a All very right. meaty experience. Killer Seven mm. available for the first time since its original release in 2005. Suda 51's surreal masterpiece reflects today's political hellscape in the U.S. with uncanny parallel. Oh a yeah, terrorist oh, destroying anything and everything, almost literally for the lulls. <laughs> Um, while a foreign power overtakes the United States at the very roots of the government. Though the story focuses more on Japan's fear of irrelevance and modern society, it can't help but feel like it was brought back into now for a specific reason, even if the world was changed significantly in the 13 years since. While, I remember many, while many remember it for being anime as heck, Killer7 provides thoughtful looks into issues like personal identity, the formation and destruction of culture, and the powerlessness felt when others control our fate and it is given credit for. May the Lord smile and the devil have mercy. Yeah, I am very eager to get to play that again uh, soon. It was just re-released on Steam. It's That is yeah. such a fucking good game. Yes, it's a 2018 release. Mm-hmm. Didn't they just um, put out his like visual... Not visual novel, thing, maybe visual novel? The the bullet case, silver bullet, silver case? Oh, the I silver think... case. Yeah, that just yeah. came yeah. out too. I think I'm probably going to play that and then Killer7 and mm-hmm. then finally kind of vibe with Suda51. I'm cool. excited about it. So, John, before you read the last entry, yeah, I, I just want to say I thought that Super Smash Brothers Ultimate was going to be the most recent game somebody put on a list, hmm. and then this it's is... not. No, nope. this, um, this came out like also, two days ago or something. Yep. Um, and Quincy gifted me a copy on Steam. Thank you, Quincy. Ooh. I'm going to probably play it soon. Gris or Grease. This game is so pretty. Um, by the time I watched his final hand-painted watercolor from fade frame fade to black, I likely been in tears for most of its three-hour runtime. <laughs> Grace is a spellbindingly gorgeous, wordless look at one woman's battles with depression and the lingering effects of a trauma unspoken. Platformer fans may find the mechanics on the easy side, but this is an experience worth losing yourself in regardless. Unfortunately, I can't say much more than that without starting to spool things, so just trust me. I'm worried that many may not take notice of it, as it was released a day or two ago, putting it well beyond the cutoff date for many Game of the Yearless considerations. Yeah, I've only just learned of this game today, and I'm like, yeah, yeah I want to check this out. It looks very pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, God, I was already hearing people shitting on it on Twitter. What people are so fuck? mean! You're, it looks, John, your Twitter sucks. <laughs> yeah, I you know. literally I'm follow sorry. some of the worst people. No, I think it looks amazing. And these are the same people that shit on Journey, and I think Journey's great, so Ugh. meh. Um, special mentions to literally all the games on itch.io, including such hits as Paratopic, Facets, Poly Dungeon, Moon, and more. Woo. We could probably fill an entire podcast just reading the names of every game I have installed from there, but instead I'll just let you all get back to it. Thank you so much for reading. Love as always. I have a list, that a collection I keep on itch.io for games I love that came out this year, and it's almost at like 15 games now. Uh, shout I, out, uh, hopefully, um, Eleanor will have, uh, her game, uh, out by this time, and we'll be able to be considering that next year. I'm very excited about that. Yes. I'm still backing it on Patreon. I'm excited. It's gonna be good. hmm Um, yeah. Good list, Eleanor. Polly didn't yell at you after all. It'll work out. Why would I yell? <laughs> Why would I yell? I, I'm not the one that uh, had to read it. Like, if other people have yeah, to yeah. read the long-winded list, then I'm not gonna yell about it. All right, there we go. Yeah, John, that's literally 100% why you got this one. Yep. I was just like, oh, this is a long one, but I can't edit it down. Also, it's the best. It's, it's very good content. Except yeah. the except the, except for the one that Frank sent in, where the very nice words about my game. <laughs> Which, to be fair, is you know the best. Um, 
Yeah, now I'm like, wait, is Facets his number one? Because <laughs> it's not Luca. Yeah, I'm now. I'm, I'm doing the thinking emoji. Yeah, same. All right. Um, Rhett, I think, believe you have a number two. Oh, boy. So it always comes down to the top two for me. They always flip-flop in my head a bit. Mm-hmm. And this year, I, I played the first these two relatively recently. Or not... No, actually, I played them towards the start of the year. And then Celeste and Astrobot kind of took swings, but couldn't muster. Mm. And I had just kind of decided on an order where my former number one slipped down to the spot number two. Mm. And then Polly played it. Mm-hmm. And I almost thought about bumping it back up to number one just to make a statement like I did with Hollow Knight. <laughs> <laughs> but I decided oh, to be true to myself. This is an extremely good game. It's just yeah, not my number one. My number two is Yakuza 0. Yeah, I saw that coming. But you made me want to think about putting it back to number one. <laughs> like, you wanted to spite game yeah. of the year this game yeah well because for for because i played this in like february for so for like a good part of the year it was my number one i was like this is the game to beat and then something beat it and i was like well okay and then you got mad at this game and i was so pissed <laughs> that you would bounce so hard off I this nearly this game, perfect game i bounced <laughs> off of this game like seven times, okay? I, I gave this game 12 hours of my life, and it's just like, it ain't for me. Uh, this game is, like, perfect. It's so fucking good. To be uh, fair, like, that's all I, can say. I love the story. The story I love is the characters. so good. I finished watching a Let's Play of it, and I, I, was, I thoroughly enjoyed the parts that I didn't have to play. The story is so good. Yes! It's <laughs> okay, amazing! Least, yeah. Alright, so y'all basically are. Like that, like there's one thing that I think sucks is that the two characters never actually meet each other. Yeah, I was really wanting that moment. Like that moment, they should have just said "fuck it" to the established canon and had had some reason. But anyways, like when you get into that final dungeon (laughs) with Kiryu and the music kicks in, Mm. it's like the most hyped I've ever been in a game ever. They set that moment (laughs) up really well. It's so good. And then, then, then there's there's a whole second final dungeon with mm-hmm. the same amount of climax for the other character, yeah. Majima. Yeah. And then that ending just makes you sob for like an hour. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even so though like, I wasn't playing it, that shit got I know, me. It got it's me. So good. But like gameplay wise, I really like the combat in this, mm. which obviously you disagree with. <laughs> but like I, my so my thing in this is that. Oh, I could go for so much more of that combat. <laughs> like this game literally left me wanting way more, which is why shortly afterwards I played Yakuza Kiwami, which is like the exact same engine as this, but it's like not as good. Yeah. Boss and then a few on. months after that, I played Yakuza Kiwami 2, the remake of the second game. So I'm going in order. Yeah. And that one the combat's better than Kiwami, but it's on PS4, it's down to 30 frames per second, which makes it feel a little rougher. Mm. So, like, that game's still really good, but, like, Yakuza 0 still stands, like, head and fucking shoulders above the others. Even though this is, like, a lot of people are starting on this game, which I understand because it's the best one and it's the first one chronologically. Mm-hmm. But I had already played 4 and 5. Like, 4 was on one of the Game of the Year lists I did 
I think like our first year, maybe second year, like it was like number eight on my list yeah, it was or something. A while back. Yeah. And then I played five and five's okay. I don't know. <laughs> like that one. Sure. But zero just it has converted me finally to like series I'll play but I'm not a super fan and zero is like, okay, I guess I'm a super fan god. <laughs> Because now I'm like, okay, when's the remake of 3 coming out? And then I've already played 4 and 5, so then I'll finally play 6. Like, I'm I'm in it to just do the entire yeah, main you're, you're series there. now. I'm, I mean, I'm already, what, five games in? I've only got two left. Yeah, like, like why skip I, anything I only, at this point? I only have 3 and 6 left. How fucking crazy is that? <laughs> and you can play a bunch of Sega arcade games in this, which is really cool. Ah, pretty good time with Space Harrier. Yeah, and then if you play, there's like a side quest on that, and then you can unlock Fantasy Zone. Mm. And I think Outrun, you can unlock Hang On in. Yeah. I think... Oh, no, so there's no Virtual Fighter in this one, though, because it didn't exist yet. No. (laughs) I think it's a real good emulation of those arcade games, though. Yeah, they're like not shitty versions either. Yeah, they did a coin op classic last week uh, on Retro Games Live TV, and like they didn't have, uh, they weren't able to play the original game on the hardware, so they just played the version that was in Yakuza Zero. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so yeah, that's my number two, Yakuza Zero. It's, it's extremely good. John, shovel knight, plague of shadows. What? Is not my number two. Ah, it's what I thought. <laughs> uh, See, I thought you were gonna. You you, you didn't need to hold on to it longer. Second. If you're gonna run with a joke like that, you need to do what I did with Mighty Number no. Nine and really go with it for like a minute or two. Sorry, you're right. I put it at number two instead of number one. I thought that'd be more believable. Yeah. All right. No, the way you said it already immediately. Yeah. Gave it away. Is, yeah. And the fact that you didn't like that game that much. Yeah. No. Yeah, like I played, anyway. I, I played the Mighty Number no. Nine thing straight. I even had logical reason, like, oh, it's a good speed running game, you know. Once you get oh, the moves, so funny. Hey, that yeah. was really good. Gotta learn to make it. I did. I did yeah. just want to do a little fun dumb comment, though. Oh, so you're saying when my game of the year is CrossCode, you're not going to take me seriously? Probably not. Um... <laughs> <clears throat> In the far future, the world government has taken a heavy stance towards militarism. Many of the citizens do not like this, but are afraid to challenge the government except for one group. The pilot is part of the resistance group known as Valkiness, which challenges the world government's efforts. At first, Valkiness was simply a minor nuisance, but that was until a scientist <laughs> named Dr. Dennis Guajala joined the group along with his research. He discovered a special type of core, and by studying it, he eventually created the shield shot system using said core to power the system. The fighter that the system was based on was dubbed the Phoenix Mark II, based off the designs of the Phoenix Mark I. With the SSS-infused Phoenix Mark II, the pilot is the last hope for Vulcanists to defeat the corrupt government. The mission has been dubbed Operation Reflex. Yep, I knew it. Yep, this game. This is Cyberscan's fucking incredible shmup PC Dojin game that they worked on for nine fucking years. Oh my god. Yeah. It's really good. The sequel to Kamui, which is also oh. very good. Yeah, I always thought you were doing Kamui at first. Nope, this is the sequel so to. Sequel. Okay. What's what? What was it? What'd you call it? Forget. Kamui? What's the word that means trash game? Oh, Kusage. Kus- Kusage. <laughs> this is the sequel to the Kusage, Kamui. Um, this game's incredible. It's 
a sequel to Kamui, which was like kind of a riff on Rayforce, mm-hmm. which was really cool to me because of how completely anime it gets with the bosses, basically. Um, like, Rhett mentioned to me, like, wow, stage four is like this huge climax mm. in Kamui, and it really is. You fight like a bunch of copies, prototypes of your own ship, and then this giant version that goes through like four stages, and it's great. Yes. Um, Reflex is that level of spectacle, but just like times times 20 yeah oh my god and it's like 50 minutes long yeah like it's still like arcade style so it's it's epic yeah like bullet hell games don't tend to have this kind of runtime yep but i think that this game's mechanics kind of help it like eke past that because it just it just still always feels good to play with that whole reflex mechanic of shooting bullets back and sucking them yeah, up you have but a shield it's real you good you can block bullets and you can certain bullets you can reflect back yeah. um and the meter you have a meter that you can only hold the shield on for a certain amount of time and that's the that is the mechanic yeah um, so, so it's so, mars matrix i like yeah, this more sure. than mars I matrix played. i like okay. this more than mars matrix yep um there's the stage four boss um they do some really cool things where the stages aren't like uniform length so it'll do a thing like mid boss fight it'll transition to a new new stage of the boss fight and then have like stage four <laughs> pop up in the middle of the boss fight yeah <laughs> it's so good it the almost seems like and... a bug the first time it happens you think that maybe they mistimed the queue or you fucked it up somehow but no it's <laughs> it's just a really cool thing that they did <laughs> yep the stage four boss especially is just like the most it's like project in three yeah <laughs> yeah million. It's the most Project N3. It's great. It even has, like, a claw that comes out and yeah. swipes at you while just drowning you in bullets so you can reflect. Oh, And then it kind of turns and it does this cool boss rush at the end after, like, three really intense long stages. Ugh. Um, and then, what? why it's my number two on the Game of the Year list is the last, like, 10 to 15 minutes where I played... Um, Toho 14 and 15 and complained to y'all a lot about how I felt that it was hamster. It was those games were compromised because they didn't, Uh they weren't willing to be like out there with storytelling. Yeah. They weren't willing to actually like go for it and have feelings and shit in a shmup. Cause it's a shmup. We can't do that. We gotta stay uniform. We beat up. We, we shoot the, we have a, girl come out at the end and it plays a cool song and that's how it always has to end and there's just bullets and you dodge the bullets and that's it can't do anything weird or cool um reflex does something cool yeah it does something cooler than any shmup i've ever played it's pretty rad Uh, yep uh i don't think i need to spoil it no last 10 minutes no it's it's you gotta just play this game right like it you like bullet hell games this is genuinely fucking great is it better mm-hmm. than Kamui? Yes, it is way it's better, better than Kamui. Than Kamui. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, when I played Kamui, Polly was like, "Oh, why are you talking about Kamui instead of Reflex? Yeah. And I was like, there's no way Reflex is this good. <laughs> um, it's good. <laughs> so, and you play Kamui, so you'll get everything. Oh, yeah, I totally good. understand the story now. <laughs> you don't have to You don't have to understand the, the nuances. I did download the... 100 page pdf and actually oh my, dig into what? some of that 
Um, but you don't have to know the lore. Are you serious about a hundred pages? It's it's not all. Um, it's okay. like it's not that long, but it, it's like six or seven pages of story per game. I think it's still a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was only given out to Kickstarter backers for whatever something. Um, my friend Wuzzy passed it to me. Hmm. Okay. But you don't have to. You don't have to know any of that. You nah. can just play it, and it'll give you. It's just a game with real fucking good mechanics, and and was real good. the one. Was comedy the one where you beat it and it scrolls the story past super quickly and it's just a whole lot? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So this does something similar, but oh, in a really cool way. Yeah. Um, Conway, yeah, it was the one with the Ray Force, but by way of Alicia Dragoon. This is with the shield thing. Um, just play it. It's eight bucks on Steam. It's ex- extremely good yeah and also it made me think of project n3 um and then the last 10 minutes it's just blow it up into in this specific regard like it's the only shmup that affected me this way i can't think of another that functions in this that pulls this kind of storytelling yeah it, it's so real that way, fucking cool unless you consider near automata shmup um, <laughs> or Undertale shmup. That's the thing. Is like I play Undertale and Nier Automata, and I think, what if a sh- just a plain shmup did stuff like this, and then none of them do, and then this game does. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's extremely good. I I I've de- I spent some time with Ulti Next Second too, which is the mechanic is sword. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is definitely the highlight, and it's extremely special. I like Reflex a lot. Cider Scheme. Yeah. Also, that soundtrack. Ooh, Ooh it's real good. There's just it's not a lot good. about that game to hate, really. No. <laughs> like it's it's big and messy and full of lore, but yeah. like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really the, get in the way. Effect. Like I think it's just kind of cute, like a, like how a, like a concept, like a Coheed and Cambria concept album where they have like this graphic novel worth of backstory, <laughs> and I'm just listening to it for the fiftieth time. Like I don't know, I don't good. know, I don't Who need cares? this. <laughs> so, but it's it's like Co- Reflex, it's like Coheed and Cambria. Right, go play it. Oh, good, oh, it's over. Do that. It's over. <laughs> We're doomed. <laughs> Uh, that's my number two. It's a good number two. I yep. thought about putting in number one, but... Oh, boy. Oh. So I guess it's me, Holly. then. Me! Yeah, yeah Holly, what's your number two? <laughs> I'm just going to say... I, I I'm to just... take a sip of water and then realize I need to throw it. Yeah. I need to throw it. <laughs> I'm just going to say the name of the game. Okay. Hollow Knight. Ah, what hasn't been said at this point? Like that, <laughs> yeah. like before we came into this, Rhett was me and Rhett were talking. He was like, "There's no real clear winners in terms of like what's getting mentioned in these lists." Mm-hmm. And like when you combine that with mine and John's entries, I think with the number of lists that have mentioned Hollow Knight, I think Hollow Knight is kind of like it's actually not though. I mean, only if we count yours because you put it in your top three. Okay. <laughs> Like, should I just say now? There were three games. Actually, I'll say it later. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, like, so. but what haven't we said about this game at this point on this Seriously? podcast? Like, this game <laughs> is that good. Go play it. It's 
you are getting more game for your buck here than you really realize. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, this game didn't have to be as big as it is. and It, it literally didn't have to be so big. I would have, <laughs> hap- I would have happily paid 60 bucks for this. Yeah, They're mm-hmm. selling this game for 15 but I think it's actually on sale for 10 at the moment. Oh. It's, like, on sale, like, almost all the time, yeah. and especially with Christmas coming up, like, when you're listening to this, it's probably on sale right now. Yeah, it's probably on Steam right now. Go get it. You're not going to regret it. Hollow Knight, I think I can officially say, is SoxCast approved. I was kind of hoping that would be your number one, so I'm curious now. <laughs> like, this game's just so fucking I know, good. it's super fucking like, good, though. they literally... <laughs> destroyed a genre by releasing I mean, it's a just game. a genre that everyone else has been literally doing wrong for, like, yeah. a decade. Yeah, like, and they were just like, no, fuckos, look. Open it up. Look. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's actually exploring. I don't fucking want <laughs> colored doors. This dumb bullshit. <laughs> hey, y'all, can we all just collect, we can collectively throw Environmental Station Alpha in the trash. <laughs> a, I'm, I would ha- I would happily join you. Oh, man. Oh, that's my number, John. That's my number one. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's actually mine. I'm just—I was trying to mislead y'all. Misdirection. The the fucking long con the whole time. (laughs) I actually loved Environmental Station. If you do the post game for twenty hours, then it gets good. Once you've uh, found the ghost and destroyed the maze. (laughs) You enter the glitch zone and then you replay the entire game again. I'm not making any of this up. Yeah, this—that is all stuff you. It wants you to do, I guess. Uh, I stopped the replay the entire game section. Yeah, that was that was already way too far for me. Anyway, enter the glitch zone and kill the ghost. Uh, man, fuck that game. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, everybody else misses the point. Hollow Knight gets the point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Momodora like, feels like the Hollow Knight beta or something. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. I, I, I literally fair. played that at the start of the last year and was like, mm, I could go for a super long version of this. And then it literally came out the next month. And then it just Hooray! plopped right into your lap. Like, this is a game that I didn't get to play at first because it didn't work on my hardware. Like, every oh, time, right, every time yeah. I would do a door transition... Like, the game would crash. Like, there was an 8% chance the game would crash. And then somebody, I think Rhett mentioned that there had been an update. Yeah, uh, they recently, updated it, like, right after you refunded it. Right after I refunded it. But then I played it. I played through it because me and Red are on Family Share. And then I went and just fucking bought it anyway. So Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, this game, fantastic. So that's 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 my number two. Rhett, cool. do we have any more listener lists left? We do. We got two more. All right. Let's hit them up. Okay, this one comes in from Vanner Orion. Hello, Vanner. Been a while. And it's not a super long list for once. What? What? I know. But don't worry. We got an old classic in here. Oh, baby. I bet I know what's coming. Number one. I'm just reading it in order. Number one, Rebel Galaxy. This was a surprising little fun space combat slash exploration game that had some really fast-paced combat and gameplay. The game's setting and tone skews more towards Firefly and less towards Star Wars, but there's tons of sci-fi space references and nice little touches of tongue-in-cheek humor everywhere. When I finished it, I was wishing there was more. Number two, CrossCode. I haven't finished this yet, but goddamn. This is like a bunch of cool shit from the 16-bit gaming era smashed together with lots of wonderful modern things added on as icing on the cake. A secret of mana gameplay system, 
but much better developed with a fantasy star-like setting and the soul of a Lunar game with its story and characters, which really feel alive and realized. I can't recommend it enough to check out. Mm. And you knew it was coming. I know what it is. Hit me. Number three, Monster Hunter World. There you go. (laughs) The classic returns. I finally got a PS4 when this came out. Everything MH3 tried to do and failed at has been achieved with this game and then some. Even friends of mine that didn't care about Monster Hunter have actually gotten into this game. This is the best game in the series, even with some minor gripes I have with it. Also, I'll take the handler as my mouthpiece over Commander Bitch Larson from Star Trek Brick Commander. <laughs> yeah, I this definitely has been the game I've seen convert a lot of people to Monster Hunter. A lot of yeah. people that I knew did not like Monster Hunter at all, I know played the shit out of this game. I ended up with the code on Steam when I got my video card, so I have it now. Mm. Oh, so I, I'll probably try it out, because why yeah, not? Yeah, this why is not? the one that I probably, I might. I tried four. Bounced off. I tried the one on the Wii, and it was like, fucking no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I appreciate what Monster Hunter is, but I know that that is a series that is not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you play it for 12 hours and bounce off it six times oh, no I've probably played it maybe about five hours total over a course of maybe three or four times mm, it doesn't sound like you're really you're really keeping <laughs> it the right en- enough of a shot there Polly yeah, can you really say that right. you tried did it did you reach level 20 and kill the ghost <laughs> <sighs> okay John You've got that final user list. From Zenny, our our big user, our favorite user. Faye, it's a gorgeous game that makes me feel like a kid again, running through the woods and exploring. Zoink get away from their usual style and make a calm and loving adventure game. That sounds nice. Remothered, colon, Tormented Fathers, which is a great title. I've heard about this one. Um... Replacing hordes of zombies with a naked old dude in an apron seems like a bad idea, but Remother delivers one of the most tense, thrilling, and satisfying horror experiences since that time John came home early and I was trapped under his bed for a few hours. <laughs> Let's just take one quick second and look under there. All right, we're good. All right. All right. We can continue. <laughs> um, that was a horror horror game. That's horror game of the year right there. <laughs> Three. Facets. John Thire is one of the most impressive game creators in the independent scene and puts so much effort, thought, and personality into his games. He is destined for nothing less than success as he continues to grow and evolve. He needs to port more Mac games so I don't have to use an emulator to play them, though. Don't count on it. Oh, this John Thire. <laughs> this John Thire guy's gotten a lot of mentions. Wait a minute, that's me! Oh, shit! It is! Hey, did I, hey, did I get more references than Smash Ultimate? Yeah. Yes. I mean, Smash just came out. Come on. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm just saying, more uh, more love than Smash. Um, gotta run. Some dick just kicked my Pokemon out of a gym, and they must be punished. Mm. I'm gonna just go ahead and put that in the box. It's better than Smash. Better than to Smash. Community. Okay, so now that we're done the listener lists, the scores. There were only three games that got three mentions. Mm. And oh, those man. were Hollow Knight, Facets, and Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Wow. Holy shit. Okay, that's a pretty good list. But, like, 
there was no clear like no clear winner though. Winner. Well, I feel like the winner's pretty clear. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Hollow Knight it's is ob- pretty good. It's obviously Hollow Knight because Polly mentioned it too. Uh, I, don't <laughs> know, I feel like the winner's pretty clear. <laughs> oh, I guess if you put facets as your number one, I guess that might win. <laughs> it's one number one in my heart. <laughs> yeah. Lullaby was too. I just I'm gonna keep making my own favorite games. There you forever. go. That's that's the best way to approach game design. It turns out. Oh, it's funny though because when I was going through it, I'm like, is Bloodstained the most popular one? And then it kind of wasn't, but it was. It, is it the... was all over the place. Yeah, yeah. It's been a that's year for games. It's been but an like, interesting year. I don't think any like. I think there's like one mentioned for Spider-Man, none for God of War, like none yeah, for Assassin's Like we really skew towards the indie stuff for sure. You know, I honest yep. to God thought somebody was going to put Deltarune on one of the uh, listener lists. You know, there's still time for a host to put it on their list. That's true. Hmm. I think in I think in 2015 there was Undertale and 2017 there was Nier Automata. But then, like, 2016 and this year, there's not that kind yeah. of... Yeah, so, like, next year, there's going to be consensus again. Yeah, I think Hall and I could have been that, but we none of us played it in 2017 besides yeah. that. <laughs> so it's all a little scattered. Yeah. I'm what you call a tastemaker, basically. Go. Yeah, basically. So I guess do it's down... Our, do do we, yeah, do we want to do, like, a do. final countdown? Sure. All right. Am I doing... 10, 10 to 2. two. 10 to 2. Uh, okay. Yep. 10, Gravity Rush 2. 9, The Nunnery Games. 8, Super Hot VR. 7, Next Machina. 6, Prey. 5, Danganronpa V3. 4, Astrobot. 3, Celeste. 2, Yakuza 0. John. Should we throw that John Astro Boy on my list? On my thing? 10 to 2, John. <laughs> oh, me next. Okay. Number 10, Kingdom Hearts. Number 9, Poly Dungeon. Number 8, Witch Spring 3. Number 7, Soul Blazer. Number 6, E6, Ark of Nappish Tim. That's Tim, really, just feels like a nap. He right just now. needs a nap. Needs a nap. Sleepy. Number nap. 5, All Our Asias. Number 4, Hollow Knight. Number 3, Luca, Born of a Dream. Number 2, Reflex. All right. And my 10 to 2 goes 10, Poly Dungeon, 9, Fishing Minigame 2, 8, Trails of Cold Steel 1, 7, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, 6, Stein's Gate, 5, East 8, Lacrimosa of Donna, 4, Persona 5, 3, Trails of Cold Steel 2, and 2, Hollow Knight. All right, Rhett, it's time. <sighs> Here it is. Your game of 2018. Let's hear it. Do you all know what it is? I have I don't. no fucking idea. I was like, yep. I kind of haven't talked about this much since I played it, like, at all. So you <laughs> might be a little bit this surprised. Is, this is interesting. Because you really don't know for once. Back. Yeah. Um, I believe this is a game we laughed at last year. Oh, <laughs> because, no. like, nobody put it on their user list. Oh. And it was like, oh, guess everybody forgot about that. Oh, shit. My oh, number no. one. Is the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh my god! What? Knives! Knives out! What? Knives out! I didn't think you'd get me! Wow! <laughs> Man! So yes, yeah, I stabbed Polly twice just to turn around and get John. But 
at but the end. Number wow. one is the stat for me, so it hurts more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. I did not Whoa. see that hanging on. Oh. I really fucking like this game. I fucking love this game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I believe it. You you got so deep in it. So I obviously have to preface this with the fact that I played on Master Mode, which is the harder mode, and I think that kind of makes all the difference for me personally. Mm-hmm, I can believe it. Because everyone talks about how this game is super good at the start, and then you get off that tutorial island, mm-hmm. or the plateau, and then it becomes super easy. Mm-hmm. So for me, the entire game was... That life, every death is a life or death battle where, like, you either die in one hit or you die in two hits, which is a little annoying. But, like, I never felt safe in this world, even at the very end. And, like, that challenge and the fact that. So it kind of gave me an old school feeling of, like, the main goal of this game is to get stronger. And that doesn't work if it's not really hard, you know? Like, the original Metroid is a fucking hard game. And basically, yeah. the entire point of that game is to get enough missiles to kill Mother Brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in this one, it was like, I'm going to get enough hearts to not die in one hit from everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I loved exploring the world. I liked the uh, the Divine Beasts as like little, like, how would I say? Like, they're kind of these big cinematic moments to kind of break up the exploration. Because, you know... You explore the world for like 20 hours. They need to go doing one of them. And like they have these big cinematic things. Like the assaults on them are so cool. Like that mm-hmm. one where you're flying around it and like shooting bombs out of the sky and stuff. Or the, the one you sand surf towards. I like the Divine Beasts more than Ocarina Dungeons. Like I just like the I like the inner Divine Beasts. I like those more than Ocarina Dungeons. Easy. They're, they're definitely easier and much shorter. <laughs> you know, I just mean that yeah. because they... They're, they're, they feel like real puzzles instead of bullshit Zelda puzzles. They're more, like they're integrated into the world, I think, more. Yeah. Like, they're especially not... the flying one, where it's just, you can just look down and see the whole world down there, and I think you can probably just jump off if you wanted. Yeah, you can't just, it's not just about finding the, dun- the dungeon item and then using that new dungeon item. Yeah. You have all the... You have it already. Front, yeah. So you just have to have, solve actual puzzles. I kind of cheese some of the later ones because it was like, well, I could probably just use the big air jump to get over here if I wanted to just ignore it. I couldn't figure out one of the ones on the the camel about moving the head back. I was like, screw yeah. this. I'm just going to jump up there. <laughs> I think the I said to Don earlier. Which, which one? The, the elephant one? Oh. Oh, it's probably it's, the same one I'm talking about, yeah. That might be the camel. It's, it's the one where you oh, bend the neck. I think it is an elephant. I was mistaken. Oh, okay. That had the best puzzle moment for me. Yeah, I think that's literally the moment I skipped over. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> I I think I said to John at some point, like, I think yeah. this game does exploration better than No Man's Sky does mm-hmm. because it's handcrafted. So, like, mm-hmm. you just want to go over every hill and look at every little piece, and there's always something there. I mean, a lot of the time it's just a dumb Korok seed, but sometimes you'll stumble upon a uh, one of those shrines. Yeah, and those are labyrinths. Oh my god, those are amazing. And the labyrinths are awesome. Yup. Like, super late in the game, like, when I was kind of doing my big wrap-up, I'm like, what is this area over here? And there's just a forest near the Lost Woods, but not part of it, that's just pitch black inside. Holy shit. And it's really cool. It's just this kind of w- weird, unique moment. Huh. 
huh. that's just kind of there for for you to find. And like <sighs> the shrines are fun because like the puzzles are goofy and but they're all handcrafted. Like there's stuff to find. Like that's the thing about open world games. I think is like it's like most of the stuff feels very inconsequential, inconsequential and just like. You can sort of feel like tiers of rewards, basically. Games need to reward you appropriately, and I think this game does a super good job of that because, again, if you make it difficult, then you really want those extra hearts. Yeah. Because if the game is super easy, then it doesn't stop... It stops having meaning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I played through the whole game. I also played it without fast traveling as much as I could until the very, very end when it just, like, became unreasonable Mm -hmm. to not do so. And I still kind of regret that. But so like the la- once you beat the four divine beasts, you can do the DLC missions, which require going back to all of them and the surrounding area, mm-hmm. and it just becomes a whole lot of traveling. And I'm just like, okay, you know what? Link is powered up now. Oh, look at that! I'm gonna let myself use fast travel now. <laughs> so that at the end of that, there's another divine beast, which is probably one of the better ones, and there's a boss at the end that is incredibly fucking hard. Because on the master mode, you also have to deal with regenerating health on the bosses. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which, oh boy. I mean, I I will admit, I kind of don't like the regenerating health on the normal enemies. Mm-hmm. Because I think they could have done it more elegantly. Have them, like, use healing items in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which would have added a whole new level of combat. If, like, you injured a dude and he just ran back to the campfire and grabbed the meat that was cooking there. Yeah. And ate mm-hmm. it and actually gained health. That would so be smart. I'm going to admit... It's really dumb that they just start regaining health. Yeah. Like, I can't defend that. Because it's so cool in Dark Souls where you see an enemy use an Estus Flask. Yeah. And you're just like, hey, fucker, that's my move. Yeah. Don't think so, fucko. Yeah, but they usually get it off before you can hit them. Usually, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I disagree with the regenerating health on the normal enemies, but on the bosses, like, it totally changes things in a crazy way. Yeah. Where it just becomes, like... Especially the final boss where it's just like, you have to throw everything you have at him so hard to get down to each, like, kind of checkpoint on the life bar Mm -hmm. to which it won't regen anymore. And in a game with, you know, breakable weapons, breakable weapons also start to have meaning. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's like, I beat the final boss at the end of the DLC, which, like, I threw everything I had at him. And, like, literally broke all my gear. <laughs> it's just like, well, okay, I'm done everything, but I can't fight the final boss like this. So I had to go, you know, get some better gear again and then fight the final boss, which, again, like, I beat them both on my first try, but it was grueling, like, 25-minute battles. <laughs> of, and then... This is after completely doing everything. Yeah, the game... Oh, God, it's, that's cool. It's really hard. This and is that's the point what... of the game where you literally should be God in most circumstances. Yeah. You are scraping by. And are yeah. on the base game. Definitely on the base game you are. That's the thing. Everyone's like, yeah, don't even upgrade health in the base game. Just upgrade stamina. It's more fun that way. And I'm just like, yeah. what? Oh, I, can't, I can't wait till stop, things stop hitting me for 10 hearts of damage. <laughs> like, it's... It's comically and absurd, but like again, I think it worked in a weird way. Yeah, for me. <laughs> like again, for me personally, it was like, oh, this is like my like thesis statement of I I like hard games. I like games that push back mm-hmm. and like make you kind of work for it's against its bullshit because yeah. like 
there's an extra tier of enemies in this that are just golden and they have like I forget how much health they have, but the health is like the regular ones have six, and then the red ones have sixty-four, and then the gold ones have like a thousand. It's oh, like good. it's something absurd scaling like that. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I'm just not even gonna fight these, I'm just gonna leave. Because they're gonna hit me for like literally like twenty hearts of damage or something. <laughs> But again, this is kind of what that game needed. Like, so I think on Master Mode, uh, the two parts that are actually difficult, Eventide Island and the Master Shore Trials, get way too hard. Mm. Like, Eventide Island was kind of, Eventide Island was kind of disappointing because it doesn't fucking save in it. Oh. So I got to the end twice and died, and I was just like, okay, I don't need this shrine that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Because not only does it not save, it like. It auto-saves, like, before you get to the island. So I also had to, like, make this five-minute trek back just to try again. And I'm just like, okay, 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 game. Like, and the Master Sword Trials just seem completely broken on the harder difficulty, but whatever. So the fact that I did everything except power up the Master Sword, which, again, made things harder. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I really like this game. It was kind of a hard decision where I realized, like, oh, I think this kind of... I think this kind of beats Sakuza for me because it's just a pure gameplay experience, really. Yeah. Like, yeah. kind of nothing I've ever played before. I remember the day when I re- was, like, resolving my- to myself that I was done and I was going to go beat the game that night and just being so incredibly fucking excited. <laughs> like, like, I'm, I'm going to do it. Because you, you literally get the quest to beat Ganon, like, an hour in. Yeah. Yep. And it's just the top thing on your quest log the entire time. <laughs> so like it is good. it's so pure. Yeah. Like it's like if Metroid is just like defeat Mother Brain at the very start. And it kind of mm-hmm. is. Like, yeah. like I think obviously in a lot of ways it's very similar to the original Zelda, but like that game is also very similar to the original Metroid. So I kinda That's also like pure er yeah. because you it... don't it's not gated. You yeah, can just you go there. Yeah, you don't have to do the eight dungeons in this version. You don't have to kill Ridley and Craig. But in this, on Master Mode, you really should. I mean, you don't technically have to, but I, I'm i sure oh. there are insane speedrunners where they beat the final boss with, like, a stick or something. More than likely. Yeah. Oh, All right. Yeah, I think I've kind of talked my way through that one. That's, sure. yeah, that's, that's a solid choice. Major piece, major piece well. All right, I'll I'll wait five years and then probably play it on Master Mode. Yeah, I'm like, man, because I like big open open world games. Like I played fucking God, I have so much time on No Man's Sky now with the updates. Like I <laughs> think I think that just became my most played game on Steam with like 170 hours or something. So like I like big games to explore, and this mm. is like the best and most rewarding one of those ever. Hmm. I think it's just that I, and then I don't really like this, so this was like, well, this is ultimately one of those. And making it super easy Mm -hmm. by default. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, Mario... easy by default. Hey, John. Yeah? Imagine if Super Mario Odyssey wasn't baby easy the entire game. (gasps) Yeah. Wish they released DLC for that. (laughs) Yeah, hard. Did you even, did you beat the last level or do you just like eh? no i did it's not even it's not even worth it it's just like i i I checked online and it was like 10 minutes long and the 3d world level is only five minutes long but it feels like half as much happens as in the 3d world level Mm. if that makes sense i mean a lot of 
it's easy. And then, but it only took me like 40 minutes to beat the 10 minute super level with no checkpoints. It took me longer than that because I was a little rusty, but I think I don't have any complaints with the last level of Odyssey. I have complaints with like the entire rest of the game. No, I mean, just like it, that was it. Like it, like that's, I finished it. Like that's it. You couldn't even give me just a little bit more. Like I worked all this hard and you still couldn't even satisfy me in this way. When 3D World totally did. Ugh. Yeah, I haven't played those, so, and we're talking about Zelda right now, so... But Sorry. I Zelda's better than Mario Odyssey. Yeah, that's all I wanted to hear you say. Because... That is true. <laughs> Zelda's better, definitely. Also, you get... So you get a motorcycle for doing the DLC quest. <laughs> the motorcycle's awesome. incredible. And it's so sad that you get it. You literally have to do the four divine beasts and then do the thing at them again which is beating the boss again on a harder d- yeah so you refight all those bosses but with set gear mm-hmm. which again makes the weapon durability matter and makes the regenerating health real fucking evil because <laughs> one of them oh it's just my shit's broken i lose <laughs> God, that's funny. it's all worth it for the hyrule davidson yeah <laughs> jesus <clears throat> Hey, so yeah, how you, about... you you get a fucking motorcycle and can use it for the last last boss, which just made that fucking game for me. Hey, how about those um that, those Hyrule Castle themes, huh? The songs. I mean, I, I will say I literally remember like none of the music. <laughs> I remember those, and I remember the labyrinth themes. Which I mean, yeah. The shrine theme is like kind of ingrained, but yeah, the castle is super cool. It's kind of a bummer that it's maybe a little too open, I think. Because you can just kind of skip past a lot. You can kind of skip past it, even though I didn't. And I went there twice because I wanted to get, they hide some of the DLC equipment in there. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a raid. I'm going to go and get these items and then leave. And I do that and I find like kind of the diaries of Zelda and the king, which is really cool. And I go to the upgrade fairy, and she's like, you can't upgrade this stuff. And I'm like, excuse me? It's worse than my current gear. Why would the fucking Royal Knight armor be shitty? Yeah, that's pretty dumb. <laughs> like, this game isn't perfect, but it's really uh, good. <laughs> I guess I kind of had it in my head that they, it was dumb that there weren't any puzzles in the last area. Because it yeah. made all the preceding puzzles feel kind of pointless to me. Because they didn't like arrive at any sort of climax. Mm-hmm. But it does sound like they added like a fifth divine beast. <laughs> so I'm not sure if uh, I don't kind of remember if that one kind of climaxes any of the because that's the nah, thing about the puzzles is that one. the puzzles you know they kind of theme some of the areas like oh in the desert you'll get con- a lot of the lightning themed puzzles or electricity and they mm-hmm. kind of pay that off on the divine beast but yeah it's it's kind of vague. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems like sort of the biggest. Yeah, missed opportunity for me is that they don't really do they don't do as much with the puzzles as they could yeah, it feels like they the, just kind of needed to have puzzles because it's a zelda game yeah if you want puzzles have i got a game for you it's called cross code <laughs> <laughs> better than better better in some ways than Breath if you want Breath puzzles you want all the puzzles if you, if want, you puzzles, want puzzles john they go literally in do? order and then build to insane logical conclusions, then yeah, that is the game you want. Okay. All right, that I accept your number one. Yeah, it's not a troll number one by far. No. 
It's one that but, I had completely that, forgotten really about. That that was, but... I was like, they don't know what it's going to be, huh? That's cool. Yeah. I don't. I'm sure I'm going to know what Polly's is when she says it, but I was expecting Hollow Knight, so I am a little curious as well. Mm. But first, John, what's your number one? I'm a little surprised y'all were like, oh, it's obviously Luca, because I thought that it's it's Trails in the Sky, <laughs> first and second chapter. Oh, wow. Um, nice. Oops. I, well, like, I, was a, I can't believe I completely forgot about you yeah. playing these games. <laughs> I, I, thought, I literally thought to myself about it earlier and then forgot. Yeah, I guess this really is a Falcom Love Fest, though. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. My number one. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Dragon Slayer Part 6, Legend of Heroes Part 6, <laughs> Trails in the Sky, first chapter, and Trails in the Sky, second chapter. Because <laughs> these games are masterpieces. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I kept saying with um, Polly, I think, is just like, what these games do is that, hmm, what did I say specifically? It's just, they have really good writing in the sense that they have a bunch of characters with motivations and psychologies that you understand, and then they grow in ways that are very earned. And yeah. the conflicts that erupt from that growth feel very natural and earned as well and frequently devastating. Oh, yeah. Some real good stuff. Yeah. So, Trials in the Sky first chapter is real good. Um, it does not stand on its own. You need to play, you need to play second chapter yeah. as well. Um, and then the payoffs. Whew, end of chapter four in second chapter. Man, oh man. End of chapter six in second chapter. Goes real fucking hard. Goes real. That that sticks out the most in my brain. Just kind of obviously since that those are the climaxes of some of the climaxes for the central emotional arc of the whole. Yeah, like that's series. not counting like the bigger shit that's happening. Yep, and then that that stuff climaxes very meaningfully. It's. Whew. Like, that entire final area of SC is incredibly well done and realized mm -hmm. in a way that you and wouldn't expect it to be. Just, you get the sense of place from there, and it's like, man. Yeah, when they go, when they go full JRPG. Yeah, they earn it. Like, they earn they going earn full it. JRPG, and then they know how to really fucking do full JRPG. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing where you could see that in any other in many in many other Falcom games. Mm -hmm. But then in this, it just feels so different because they put in the work. Yep. Um Trails in the Sky is the RPG that puts in the work and yeah. makes it function. The only comparable games I can think of in terms of clear stakes, clear characters, arcs, growth, good writing. Are um are Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI mm -hmm. like that's it for me? Um, which I never played this year was Final Fantasy VI, so fresh on the brain. But Trails in the Sky actually goes several steps beyond those games by sacrificing some of the roller coaster pacing of Square's games in favor of building more character. Yeah. So the connections that I built with Trails in the Sky characters 
are deeper than the connections I have with Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI characters uh, because they take more time and they put in more work. And unlike, there are many, many games that are much longer than those, but Trails on the Sky is the one that actually takes that time and puts it towards the most important thing it could, which is connecting you with its characters. A Snellbright. <laughs> nope. Yeah, you could have just said a Snellbright. Snellbright <laughs> helps boys not be shitty. <laughs> 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 this really, it really does feel like instruction manual on how to not be a shitty boy. Yeah, it really this is. kind of what I took away from it. Yeah. Mm. It's very good. While not while not, um, while still like focusing on the journeys and changes and arcs of its female characters as well, yeah, like it's not sacrificing that. It's that that's that's the other thing is that it's extremely good writing in that it's just very effective at portraying these character arcs and, and this kind of growth. But there's a lot of folks that do that that have writing that functions just pristinely. Mm-hmm. Like Brandon Sanderson does that, and I love his books. Um, Trails in the Sky has pristine writing, and pristine game design. A great, it's a great game of fighting in RPG systems and all that. Yeah, it's like, a it, that, super fun combat system. Yep, it's completely solid, and it brings the hardest parts, that the parts that need to be the hardest are the hardest. Um, but Trails in the Sky has that perfect writing while also having this extremely warm and loving and empathetic worldview that yeah. I think everything. that's why that those games really stand out. Like it's sort of what I said about Cold Steel 2 and Cold Steel 1 is that it has a very empathetic worldview. Uh, these games don't skew towards that nihilism and cynicism that you see uh, so often in this kind of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and without feeling trite or unearned or saccharine. Yeah. You're not going to get those big anime moments out of nowhere. Like, this is a series that does have crazy, fun anime moments. But the mm-hmm. way they build to them is fundamentally more concrete, and it feels like that was the logical next step. Yep. I think we both latched on to end of Chapter 6 is just sort of, like, definitive. Yeah. Just, oh, this says perfect writing this is perfect like they could not have handled that moment like there are a number of ways that moment could have been handled Mm -hmm. that would not have worked as well as the way that they chose to handle it in an honest and true to character fashion yeah i love that we can talk about this obliquely and now and but now i actually know what it's all referring to Mm. it's a good feeling right yeah, right. Uh, Maybe you should join the conversation someday. <laughs> Hashtag join the conversation. <laughs> no, see, I gotta space it out because so next year I'll play these, and then it can be my game of the year. There you go. <laughs> just have it just just staggered. <laughs> um, yeah, like I could think of like quibbles. Um, I think I don't think they're very good at portraying the story like through the play in way out ways outside of cutscenes and the fights. Yeah. Like a game like Final Fantasy Six or Seven will have all of these like one off set piece moments where they actually where you're actually moving around and controlling shit. Um like Cloud walking towards Aerith and then struggling with the 
sword. Yeah, you don't have the, moments like that in this in this engine. And... No. Um, and that's kind of true of like every game in the zeros. I think like Persona's bad at that. Final Fantasy X has none of that. Like we got to the point where we knew we could make like long cutscenes, and then everybody just gave up. Yeah. <laughs> so that's true across the board there. So that's like probably my biggest criticism. Um, and that's it. It's it, otherwise it's perfect writing, perfect fighting. It's a great journey. Um, and I completely love it. And I'm more excited about playing Trails the Third than I am any other video game. Because mm. guess what? The I, I Trails first chapter is earning the JRPG, and then Trails second chapter is the JRPG. Now I'm really excited for Aftermath of the JRPG. <laughs> <laughs> we had to make a whole other game just so that we could like unpack that. <laughs> <laughs> We st- we took one JRPG and made it three. Perfect. I'm completely here for it. Yeah, God, so good. I love Trails. I'm so excited that there are like 17 more games coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. You were eight percent through the journey. That is a solid, solid choice for game of the year. Thank you, Polly. Do you have a game of the year? I have a game of the year. Ooh. Oh boy. Is Here it a finished game? My game of the year is The Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky the Third. <laughs> Wait, you played that this year? Yep, I played it the first part of this year. Jesus God, Christ, is... I have a terrible memory. That's a funny follow-up, though. Yeah, yeah. I was sitting God, here grinning the whole fucking year? time. Oh my God. So, as John said, this is the aftermath <laughs> of the JRPG. I can't believe this. Chelsea is literally screaming right now. She's she's done. She is <laughs> far beyond excited and happy with this result. Boy, I I mentioned this being a Falcom Love Fest like two hours ago, having no idea <laughs> that y'all were going to put it as number one. It's literally very good, the entire Sky series is yeah. represented in Game of the Year. You're right. So it's the aftermath of the JRPG, and we get to explore that. Um, th- like John, like he mentioned back with, I think it was uh, the Witch game. Um, I don't remember. Witch Spring, Witch Spring 3. Yeah, Witch Spring 3. About how he has moments like snapshotted and stuff where you can just kind of look back on those moments and it just hits you again. Uh, Trails in the Sky the Third is full of that. Like, it is continuous character building the video game because we're exploring these characters a few months after the big events of second chapter and like people getting ready to move on with the next chapter of their lives and like that's um man this game's hard to talk about because it made me cry a lot like uh <laughs> The the last two hours of this game, I was literally just sitting in my chair blubbering the whole time. Like, this game's entire climax is unbelievable. Um, the game centers on Kevin Graham, who is kind of a bit of a side character throughout most of the second chapter. Oh, and oh then, shit, I didn't realize that. <laughs> and we take a deep dive into his personal story 
that's sort of the framing device for how we explore where everybody else is at in the world now and the things that they're having to deal with and moving forward. And it focuses a lot more on sort of like the internal struggles people have to deal with in moving past certain things, whether it be forgiveness of oneself for something that you may or may not have, uh, you know, had much control over or forgiving someone who has wronged you because it's time to move on. And that is a big, big message of this game is the various ways that we move on from things. Um, and just due to all of the things that have happened throughout the course of the first two games, you get many perspectives on how characters are dealing with those moments and how they have to, through the events of this game and how they get pulled in toward the things that are happening for Kevin, um, you learn that how like everybody can learn from one another and it's just a lot of like how togetherness like matters and how having people with you matters and like this game is kind of a lot <laughs> um i learned a lot about myself playing this game uh, a game has not like touched me so profoundly um in a long time in the ways that this game did with just the things that it's tackling and the ways that it's presenting these very real issues, but they're kind of like covered up in these more fantastical settings to make them more, you know, to, 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 to fit the storyline, obviously. But this shit doesn't feel like it's stuff somebody pulled out of thin air. It feels like these are real feelings somebody had. These are real things that, whoever was writing this story went through and had to put that out into the world somehow. Uh, everything about it feels genuine and earned. And while um, I, I think the biggest criticism people have of the third is that it is definitely more of a dungeon crawler um, that kind of leads you to each of these personal bits bit by bit. That stuff is still fun. Like, I still like the battle system of this game, and, like, this game pushes all of that to its logical, most extreme, like, by providing you some of the most incredibly difficult uh, and just, like, ridiculous boss fights and, and encounters that the series has had. And That's good, because... um. Because I don't think there was anything in second chapter that actually pushed me as hard as one particular fight in first chapter. Oh. So I can actually go for being pushed further. And, and, like, the third is just really good about showing you where you've been and just, like, where you're at now in terms of having to, like, rise to those challenges. And it works from both the storyline perspective and from you as somebody playing this video game trying to not get your ass kicked uh, perspective. And... Just, I don't know, like, like I have seen, like, two other people play through the finale of this uh, game, like, and it still fucking hits every time, and, like, seeing somebody who doesn't show a lot of emotion play through this game on stream for the first time, and seeing them kind of just, like, trying to hold it together <laughs> for those last moments, or, or just like some of the final messages this game sends you away with um man it 
it hits so many things that, like, I would literally need an hour to explain just the various good messages this game is putting out there and, like, ways that you can look and examine yourself and find yourself in these characters. And that makes this cast mean so much more than what you would get in any other typical JRPG, really. Like, I can't think... Like, this series has to top Chrono Trigger for me. And that was, like, my number one. Upon finishing this game, and, like, and the dust settling 12 months later, because I played this in January, mm-hmm. the dust settling 12 months later, yes, Trails in the Sky is my favorite JRPG ever. I don't care if they're three games, like, whatever... <laughs> <laughs> this is like the JRPG series that means the most to me. Like I I've never like I've never seen some a game that cares so much about its cast and making sure that they're all taken care of. Um and it just like it it, it hits on a lot of things and it go and it's the game of the series that goes to darker places than uh it's ever gone. Like, it is a dark game. Like, it's going to go to some darker, scarier places that you're not used to Falcom going, and they tre- and they tread that water very carefully and tastefully. Um, again, just in a way that only they can do, I feel, at this point. Like, I don't know who else out there is writing like this, is making games like this. Like, it's just, it's, uh, Trails in the Sky for me is a one-of-a-kind experience, and it is gonna take some real fucking work, like, to, to top <laughs> that. Like, it's hard to not let that game and that series color JRPGs for me going forward, and how I look at them, and how I analyze that writing, but, you know, it's just like, it's a lot to live up to, um, and it's an experience that if you can give it the chance that it needs to grow, like, this is a series that will fucking sink itself into you. It will... You will find the meaning in this if you give it the chance. And that's that's my game of the Who's year. Who's that directed towards, Polly? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, that's my game of the year. The Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, the third. I feel like I just brought a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you put you put Zelda back on my radar after it made me hate video games. You still did good. I was like, man, y'all hate my top three here. <laughs> Not at all. Like, Not trails, at all. Like, trails. Trails. I, I understand your top three entirely. Yeah, but I was just like, man, I've got Yakuza, Celeste, and Next Machina on my list. Polly's going to be thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's so funny that you picked the two... Celeste and Yakuza that I really want to play, but Polly hated. Yeah. <laughs> you picked Breath of the Wild, and I'm like, no, never mind. <laughs> Not on your side. <laughs> that was a good, those are good fucking lists, y'all. Yeah, I think It's I... funny, when I when I was doing the order, I was like, hmm, should we, should we go with Rhett John Polly's The Order? And now I'm like, well, that worked out. That yep. worked out better than anticipated. Literally couldn't have expected predicted that Damn. well the most annoying thing is next year when i come and i'm like well my number one is trails on the sky the third yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, so man. I'll, we'll do me and then you next year. So I'll play first yeah. and second. <laughs> Perfect. I'll no, go you, your number one will be Xenoblade, but then your number Ugh. two will be Tales and... <laughs> and Xenoblade two at number four. <laughs> Got it all mapped out. Well, no, my number one's going to be Fate Stay Night, so... Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Okay, shut it down. He said the word. Shut it down! That is it! I think it's... I, I think that is a good place to draw 2018 to a close. I think you two would agree. This was a fantastic list. Like, just all of the games. Yep. Like, hey, it's a celebration of really great games, and... Yeah. Like, and thanks to all of our listeners for, of course, not only tuning in and like making you know like having fun and enjoying the thing that we do but participating as well and in, in the very limited amount of space that we're kind of allowed to give you just because of the format and all y'all are always a really good sport and you always bring it when uh we ask you to and that's awesome y'all are great so we'll celebrate users as user of the year even though you're listeners <laughs> god damn it <laughs> and with that we are going to put 2018 to bed John Thire where can our fine internet citizens find you um, farawaytimes.itch.io and Rhett so this is kind of weird because I'm moving back to my old website because Tumblr did a dumb <laughs> <laughs> so I will be no longer updating in3.tumblr.com now you can go to inconsequentialexistence.com that is all one word and I need to clean that up but yeah. um, realizing rebuilding those pages is going to be a nightmare I'm so I'm just so leaving sorry, right? so, so I'm just so leaving them up for that. now <laughs> I'm I have them saved I, I think t- Tumblr is also removing custom themes which will God. ruin everything so I have to make sure I have to absolutely make sure I have everything tonight yep because it's because by the time you hear this it, half of you will no longer exist yep probably. Yeah, it's just erasing us. We're all being Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Polly. You know where to find me. And remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you. <laughs>